There's a universe inside each of us. The Innerverse Podcast is your portal to that infinite realm of ideas. I'm Chance Garten, and I'll be your host as we serve up inspirational sound waves from the brightest minds with the highest vibes. And we keep searching for the empowering perspectives we need to create our greatest masterpiece of all, our lives. Welcome to the one within all to the innerverse. I'm your host, Chance. And today I'm going to get straight to the point with you guys and skip over a lot of the flowery and poetic fun stuff like I normally do. Because if you're checking this episode out, you've got to have seen the title, which is probably something like questioning the coronavirus narrative. So if you saw that and you didn't immediately melt down, get enraged or unsubscribe to the show, first of all, thanks for keeping your cool in this panicky situation. And secondly, I would imagine you've already been seeking for any other perspectives that you could find to help you interpret this crazy worldwide lockdown in a more logical way. Today, I'm going to be sharing some of that reasonable, rational, and hopefully hopeful information that I've managed to find in the last few weeks. And joining me is returning guest Matt Landman, a one-man powerhouse of activism who has created some pretty amazing things, including the excellent documentary about government and military weather modification called Frankenskies, and the relatively new but extremely awesome new line of EMF shielding protection clothing that you can find at spiroprotectionclothing.com. Thanks to Matt, I've got a spiffy silver-threaded hat on right now, much better than my old homemade tinfoil hat one, <laughs> and an awesome cell phone radiation-blocking shield bag as well. So before we dive into the enormous amount of information I hope to cover with Matt today, check out the show notes to find links to Matt's websites because there's three of them, actualactivist.com, Spiro Protection Clothing, and frankenskiesthemovie.com. You can also go back to Matt's last appearance on Interverse from 2019 if you want to hear more about Frankenskies and the lies in our skies that Matt's been exposing. But today, as I mentioned already, we're going to be dedicated largely to the coronavirus panic and the huge moves that are happening in the background of our societal power systems while everyone is stuck at home. You don't have to call this current situation a conspiracy to discredit the information coming at us from official sources and as I hope to be able to show you in this episode, a big part of the problems are emerging as a natural reaction to the wrong assumptions, bad testing methods, and overall materialistic and inaccurate attempts to explain the information we've been handed by the problematic playbook of the mainstream medical machine. Don't forget, you can support me on my quest to make this Interverse podcast thing by signing up to become a plus member at patreon.com slash interverse. Five bucks a month gets you access to about 100 or so extended episodes in the archive essentially doubling your listening fun, which sounds like a pretty fair trade to me considering I don't ever hit you with ads or sponsors because I don't like holding your ears hostage just to make some cash. But let's get this show on the road because we've got a ton to cover and I've been stir crazy about having this conversation for quite some time now. Everybody put your astral tentacles out there into the ether and find a way to give our guest today a bit of a psychic tickle of gratitude for all that he does and for joining us today. He's the sleuth on the trail of the chemicals in the air and the truth warrior who's tearing down the 5G fantasy everywhere. My friend and yours, the one and only Matt Landman. Thanks for being here, man. Welcome to the Interverse. Thank you, Chance. Yet again, another amazing intro. I remember last time we did the show, giving you props on it. And it's, I, I mean, it's, I appreciate it. And I know your listeners too, giving it the time and I appreciate the respect and thanks again for having your show. And it's an honor to be here. Yeah. We've been trying to connect for this for a long time for round two, 
But it seems like maybe what was keeping it from happening was because the timing, the universal divine timing was waiting for us to be able to talk about this right here. Because what we're experiencing right now is definitely uh, an easy portal into understanding the mindset of the powers that should not be and their sort of global technocratic surveillance state takeover, one world government, new world order type of thing that seems so obvious if you've been tracking it for all these years that that's what's going on. But to a lot of the unfortunate sleepwalking masses, it's like you're basically discrediting a life or death situation. And like, it's your fault that people are possibly dying if you even question the narrative. So it's a, it's a testy subject and I'm, I'm ready to risk it all and go for it though and, and really talk about the truth of these things. It's an amazing job that the powers that be have done to manipulate us to the point where they can issue a police state environment and literally turn us on ourselves. The truth being hijacked the way it is, all of a, all of a sudden becomes treason in this empire of, of lies, basically. Um, on the chemtrail warpath, I've found that if you can wake up to chemtrails, you can wake up to just about anything, you know? It's easy, I believe, because you find yourself on this frequency of truth as you start to elevate higher, right? You wake up to one thing, it's easier to wake up to another because it's literally your frequency, your vibration that calls in these other truths that are on that like vibration, on that like frequency. But for people that are not tuned in to the agenda at hand, the vaccine, chemtrail, GMO, fluoride, all that stuff, you know, we like to call them not woke or whatever. But I, I mean, I see it as it being early in the timeline. And I try not to bash those that haven't lived the experiences that we have to show us the light in the way that we have seen. So these, there are people walking around right now that are literally waking up to everything just by smelling the BS which is an amazing opportunity, right? Like I've, I've always said, if you can wake up to chemtrails, you can wake up to anything. But now if you can wake up to coronavirus, you can wake up to anything. And there's a lot of people stepping into that mindset, that frequency, that world right now. It's actually amazing. I've, maybe I just call it in, but I've been going out into the world and testing those waters. And a lot of people you know, they, they whisper it because they don't want their coworkers to hear and whatnot. But a lot of people are, you know, giving me the wink and saying, this is total BS. They don't know exactly what's going on. Nobody really does, but we can smell BS. A lot of people like in the Latino community where I'm at in California, they say, look, the coronavirus that's around every year. You just wash your hands, you know, and now there people are losing their jobs and there's a lot of stress and we can get into all of that stuff. But the more the people are impacted, a lot of people are going to be forced to wake up and to see the truth because it'll be so much in their face, I feel. Right, man. The uh, trauma of the situation is a kindling. And it's a kindling in two different ways. It can go one way or the other. It can awaken sort of like the red flame or the blue flame, depending on how you want to look at it. Because all trauma, and this is one of the ways that this uh, control system even works on us is that all trauma that we witness or experience ourselves actually connects to and reawakens all the past trauma in our lives. And even possibly, and very likely, I would say on an atavistic level, it's even tapping into like ancestor trauma, generational trauma, 
real like asteroid hitting the earth cataclysm trauma that is in our in our ancestral memory, if you will. But a lot of us that are really disconnected between our left brain, right brain, and I mean, that's the majority of people in the culture right now are really in the left brain uh, mode because that's sort of what's permitted and that's what's, uh, that's what's wanted. They, they don't see that even though they aren't perceiving like a trauma, traumatized reaction to anything from horrific stuff that's on TV and in movies that seems to be like entertaining to uh, the stuff that is happening across the news, which to me just feels like a fucking TV show or a movie. <laughs> and then, I mean, in some cases you have the same actors in both of them, but the kindling aspect that I was touching on is that um, it's reawakening past trauma, but also it has the chance to in that blaze, uh, that fire that's being set in us to let us see through the light that's being generated farther into the dark that than we could see before. And well, we need that. We need this opportunity for that. And we need to realize that just because we're not consciously feeling traumatized by stuff that's going on, that our, that might, if we're not feeling the feeling it on a feeling level, it's because our right brain is just taking it in and our left brain is not really observing that there's sort of like a wall there. And it's a, it's about a personal, personal inner balance issue that a lot of people just have no idea that they're even absorbing this stuff. They think that they're stoic, but we got we to gotta be real about this in our practices, our, our physical health practices, our mindfulness practices. That's where we go to process this and keep ourselves balanced and be able to see what's going on further out. I, I can't agree with you more. And the, the thing that I've noticed is every single human being on earth right now has been traumatized by this event. Our normal way of life has been intercepted. I mean, some people revolve their lives around industries such as the restaurant or whatnot, but just taking the sports away from so many people and then replacing that with basically scary news to put people in that frequency of fear, you've disrupted their normal way of life. To tell kids they have to stay home from school and to, to make parents adjust and stay home and all these different things, I see it as a complete and total hijacking of a timeline, which we can get into, but because it's slow and steady, all right, the vice is being slowly gripped. It's not this all of a sudden thing. I was contemplating this earlier. We've been conditioned through media that the apocalypse is going to be this big, all of a sudden meteor, alien invasion, zombies, and boom, the streets are empty and everyone's dead and it's overnight. And if you get through the initial impact or whatever, then you'll be one of the last survivors, right? That's our conditioning. That's our programming. But when you program the masses, what you do is you try to push something that falls just short of that so that people are okay with it, you know, and you can control their mindset, their outcomes. So we're in this position as if we're in a movie theater where we have this temporary suspicion, suspension of disbelief. When you go to the movie theater, you pay that 12 bucks to watch that movie, you sit down and you have a temporary suspension of disbelief where anything goes, you know, and you're there to watch a movie, see the hero fly through whatever and save the princess. But in the end, you leave that movie theater and you walk into the real world. We're stuck in this weird theater now. 
the sports are taken away. Our normal way of life is taken away. And a lot of us, not me, I don't have a TV, but I know my grandmother and my mom, I get a lot of information from my friends, family, and peers. They, I, can, I can see because they act as amazing filters, right? And I know them pretty well because they're my friends, family, and peers. And they come with, to me with all of this mainstream news. You know, the virus lives on the dollar for 14 days. They might get rid of the dollar. I'm like, <laughs> oh God, I see where this is going. You know what I'm saying? Because they have processed the news and are already okay with losing the U.S. dollar. And I know about the October 2020 um, ID that could be connected to a digital currency, could be connected to vaccine records and limiting travel and access to information, access to money, access to all these things uh, based on this new world order clampdown. But long story short, by disrupting the world with this, basically they've walked us into the movie theater and we don't really realize it by traumatizing us every single day with a new little teeny bit of a trauma. It's like now California's shutting down. Now New Zealand has these rules. Now the UK this. Now you can only walk within 10 feet of somebody. Now it's 50 people you can be around. Now it's 20 people you can be around. Now it's 10 people you can be around. Now you got to stay home. Now we're doing this. It's like, boom, you know, now the stock market's crashed. It's a different headline that keeps you in this. Basically, it's fight or flight, right? I've learned fight or flight from basically just my childhood and whatnot. When you get in that zone, it's fight, flight, or freeze. It's just this mammalian instinct. It's like we're getting chased by a cheetah. What do we do? We either fight it, we run from it, or we freeze up and go into like playing dead and don't know what to do because our brains are locked and don't know what to do, you know? And the majority of the American public, they're literally in this freeze mode. And in there, you're so manipulated and so manipulatable. And then when the television and the smart devices and the smart meters all can manipulate your frequency and you're in this frequency of fear anyways, they say buy toilet paper and you run to the store and you buy toilet paper. You know, there's no common sense. I went to the grocery store thinking like, oh, the, all the different juices, juices and, you know, frozen blueberries and things that are going to keep us healthy from the virus. Like, I'm sure they'll be sold out of that. No, the toilet paper is the only thing missing. And the green section is just sitting there. And I'm just like, doesn't people, anybody even know what's going to keep them healthy? It's not going to be wiping your butt. But yeah, we're stuck in a movie theater essentially and and they tell us what to do and only the rebels like myself are walking to the post office brother because i got stuff to do and i'm not just going to hide in my house because the media said they advise us to do so you know what i mean I, like i i really think the conspiracy theorists are going to really rain on this and it's an amazing opportunity for us to shine the light for others it's this age of falsehoods we live in but we do live in a realm of duality, you know, up and down, left and right, polarity. It's the realm we live in. And with such an imbalance, the truth has to level out. And it's going to be such a great opportunity for us to bring that truth forward in a nice, kind, gentle way for all of our, everyone in our lives, every single person. But you got to do it nice. <laughs> it's hard too, because of the the ones that are really addicted. This is one thing I wanted to say about the trauma and the kindling is that it's actually an addiction. People get addicted to the feeling of this fear and the feeling of think like that everything's fucked. Yeah. Can I interject really quick? Yeah. So yeah. people, it stokes their ego to have news. So my neighbor has come to me 
and said, oh, we're going into martial law. And I'm like, where'd you get that news? Oh, I heard it. And then I look it up and it's not true. They're pa- like people are passing around like Facebook messages. So they're just copy and pasting. They're like the National Guard's rolling out tomorrow. It's, you know, like I've seen a lot of that. And that was the one time where I got in fight or flight whenever like three people at the grocery store told me this that I didn't even know. And I was just like, shit, is this real? And I really don't want full on martial law right now. Like you said, I got shit to do. But anyway, that's an interjection. No, and you're completely right. And really, I was just interjecting to say that I believe the the scary news because of our conditioning, programming, social engineering. I mean, just look at all of the movies and everything out there, the movie contagion and all this stuff. And people get so wrapped around COVID-19. Ask anybody out there, do you know what that stands for? <laughs> it stands for Corona Virus Disease of 2019. And then ask them next, did you know there's a coronavirus disease of 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014, 20? And they're like, what? Really? And then ask them what the coronavirus is. Nobody even knows that it's the common cold, you know, because we've been so spun out into this Hollywood. We want the apocalypse because it'll stoke our ego because we will have have been there in our lifetimes or something like that, right? So when my neighbor comes to me and says, oh, they're coming, it's the martial law, finally, oh, it's finally. It's like this, for some reason, somehow their ego is being stoked. And then I picked up the phone and wanted to call and tell someone else so that I could be the first one to have the information so that my ego would be like, oh, I was the one with the information. I told you first and now, now, now. but it wasn't even true. I did a little fact checking on my crappy media that I don't even trust, but I looked it up and I saw a lot of, a lot of different manipulation, mind control, brainwashing of all different sorts. And now I actually go and check out the media once a day and have a chuckle. There's so many different things that are being pushed right now about digital currency and, and social distancing and, and the law in the UK that got passed yesterday. You can exercise outdoors once per day. If you go outside, no, this is serious. If you go outside, you can be with one other person. That other person has to be living in your home. Are you serious? It's basically like Soviet level. I mean, this is, this, this is crazy. But so, okay, one last thing about the addiction to fear. The time where I've really seen it is when I've made any kind of like shared a little meme or made a, made a statement, been brave enough to make a statement that questions what's going on in like a Facebook post. And of course, Facebook is like the, the worst place to be communicating with people generally because that's such like a controlled perspective tunnel. But there are certain individuals that will just like hop on my post and try to slam dunk on me with like how even questioning this narrative is putting people at risk and causing more danger. And that's what I mean. Like they get to be right. They get to be right that they're f- afraid. And that's kind of what, like back to your point about how it stokes the ego, but to shift this a little more positive for a second here, I also <laughs> want to point out that there's a lot of beautiful ways that people I know and small businesses around my area or online have tried to help and take care of each other and all that during what's been going on. And if it has to be a crisis, there's always the upside that at least good people always rise up to the occasion during a catastrophe. And it, it reveals positive qualities in us whenever we're having to deal with stuff way outside of our comfort zone. And I want to thank everyone out there for even if out of uh, 
believing the, you know, the mainstream assessment of what's going on and why we're social distancing. The reason why a lot of people are doing that is as much out of love as it is fear because they don't want to put people that they love at risk and they just don't have different information to process this in a more rational way and to understand this in a more rational way. And that's why I want to get to talking about some of the real flaws in the narrative about what coronavirus even is. You said it's the common cold. That's one interpretation. One problem in the whole like conspiracy and truth movement is that people get conflicting ideas about what something is. Like, is this a bioweapon? Is it not a bioweapon? Is it planned? Is it not planned? And those are great questions to ask. And I want to talk about those questions, but I don't want to come down on any, like make any ruling about that and say, I know for sure. Cause of course I don't, I want to ask those questions because they're useful though. But first I want to ask questions about the testing methodology itself and whether or not we even uh, the scientific community or the medical community even knows what coronavirus is or what viruses are, or what they do. The word virus originally etymologically just meant toxin. It means poison. Okay. So viruses are already established by the medical community that they're a dead thing. And they think that they have some sort of RNA that allows them to transmit and replicate themselves inside of a body. And that's all conjecture because there's no, go look this up yourself guys. And I'm going to post links to, to information that backs this up in the show notes here. But the coronavirus, no one has ever purified that in a laboratory and been like, okay, these particles, they're, these particles right here, that's coronavirus. It has not happened. The RNA strand that they're calling coronavirus is basically like equivalent to you take a, an animal that you think has a disease and you like grind up its brain and you try to sift out all the, all the denser material. And then you try to inject that stuff into another animal that you think is susceptible to whatever this virus is that you think you're studying. And if it gets sick, then you say, oh, that's it. We've isolated the virus. But you haven't isolated jack shit. Our bodies produce different types of RNA all the time. Like RNA most likely changes in the body due to responses to our, our health at different moments or our environment at different moments. It's like, it's like, it's complicated shit, man. I, I can't say that I'm an expert on it, but I, I can say looking up and trying to find out like, okay, what is the coronavirus? Well, that question does not have an actual proven answer. And that's a big deal. And it's just one of many big assumptions that mainstream medicine works on. It's a materialistic assumption, which right away should be a red flag to anybody that's like actually on their spiritual path and, and knows that the reality itself is literally a mental construct. So uh, that's, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I've got plenty of more like factoids, but, and we'll get through them. But I mean, like, were you aware that it hasn't even been properly isolated in a scientific way, nor have pretty much any virus that's ever existed? Uh, yeah, I, I am aware. And I've, I've done a lot of research trying to get to the bottom of it for my own mental health. And what I've learned is nobody knows much anything. The CDC, who I hate to quote because I don't trust them anyways, but the CDC says that the testing on it, it could have a positive and be actually recognizing something bacterial that isn't viral at all. So the testing doesn't really work. And they also say that just about everybody has it. So the kill rate percentage is based on those numbers provided are totally skewed and, and weird and, and don't make much sense. 
if anything that we could possibly agree on is that nothing's really making sense right now and that the media is just really fear-mongering us into a police state, essentially. And there's a lot of division going on based on your age. We've got seniors hours now at the grocery store where the seniors are supposed to only show up from 6.30 to 7.30 or something like that. And they're the carriers and they can shed it and we can give it to them. And there's all this senior hating, which is really... They're getting the worst of it right now, man. I can't imagine how lonely and hard that is. Like you can't even go out into public beyond one hour of the day, basically. I mean, geez, your own family is afraid to visit you. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I know. And they're really shook up because to be frank, the older generations really tr- love and trust the TV, I've noticed. But they're also the ones that are least easily tracked through digital devices and media, or not media, but like, you know, smartphones and and all, and, and Bitcoins and, and all the, the like. Like, they're not into this tech, technocratic stuff. And I mean, we can use some of those things to our advantage. Obviously, we're doing it right now with the internet here, but they're not on the internet as much. And that's another reason why, like, you might want to sweep them out of the way if you're trying to create a global surveillance system that uses these devices. Yeah, I see it as like the low-hanging fruit. You know, if you want to manipulate billions of people, you start with the most easily manipulatable. Um, but I want to take a moment to, you mentioned humanity and, you know, the, the opportunity we have to really show our humanity. Take away the sports, make families stay at home together relationships, couples stay at home together. It really gives people this chance to look in the mirror, you know, and to really delve into their inner self and to really see what's important. And what I've gauged that's the most important is our humanity. You know, I really can't help but encourage, I don't care if you don't even know your neighbor, please reach out to them, offer your help. A lot of people, single moms, this and that, a lot of people are being really, really stressed to the max right now. And just offering a little humanity can mean a lot. I've been reaching out to everyone I can on my block. Can I help? Do you need a babysitter? Is there anything you can do? We can do, you know, like, let's, tr- let's be human still in this. A lot of people are doing the social distancing. They don't want to come within six feet of me. You know, I take one step forward, they take one step back. And that's cool. You know, I don't want to bash them or anything for that. But I really pray and know that this will be an evolutionary process. Like they really, the powers that be, they want to grip us in this frequency of fear. But it's so easy to snap out of it and to honor our humanity and to really, you know, when everybody is impacted all at once by the same thing, we can come together and really show our integrity and really honor that and help one another. So I really want to encourage people to do that. But yeah, the numbers, the numbers, the false positives, the exact details on it all. Um, I met at the post office today. I was talking to a, a, a clerk who I talk to every day because I'm in there mailing out my Sparrow EMF silver lined hats. And by the way, silver as a fabric and ingesting it, um, colloidal silver, silver is antiviral. So it can't live on the sparrow fabric. It, it can't live in your body when you're giving yourself colloidal silver. I recommend people getting their health intact and getting out of the frequency of fear. Fear is actually acidic, which is very interesting. If you know about Dr. Sebi and what acidifying your body does, it makes you ill. So really 
the more news you watch and the more you get in this frequency of fear, the more likely you are to actually get sick. But really, a lot of things I want to bring to light are the obvious, okay? People die from the flu every year. According to the CDC last year, and I hate to quote the CDC, I don't trust them anyways, but what they said was 80,000 people in the United States died from the flu last year. That's a really big number. 80,000 people died from the flu last year. Now, to shut down California, for instance, the fifth largest economy in the world, to shut down California, shut down Argentina, shut down New Zealand, Australia, the UK. I mean, a lot of countries have been completely shut down. We're looking at the potential for a total economic fallout. Okay, That's going to hurt way more than this virus could ever have. Even if the virus is some crazy bio-mutant that's, that's going to kill a lot of people, which I don't think it is. I think it's I mean, if it was harmful. a bioweapon, it would have killed so many more people by now, probably. You would yep, think, and, like, bioweapons, you'd have to assume have at least a 50-50 death rate. And my, my postal worker friend, her regular customer who comes into the post office every day, got the coronavirus, a 40-year-old woman. You mean she tested po- – let's be real about the, what we're saying here, though. Tested positive for coronavirus based on the testing method because I yeah. want to talk about this testing method soon. She got sick. She went in. They said, you've got it. You're one of the numbers. She said, oh, okay. She asked her mom, who's a nurse, what do I do? She took Benadryl for three days. She said it was nothing. She got over it really quick, and it was three days of Benadryl. So I'm thinking, I'm pretty confident in saying this, that people with not compromised immune systems, people that don't have respiratory illness, they can't really be compromised and die from this or even be um, affected very much. And if you notice, all the people who pass away from this have other issues already. So if everybody has this in their system, which we're being told, and then people who already have some respiratory illness die, and then, oh, they have it as well, and they're being added to the numbers, that already is a red flag for me. And let's also throw out there, too, let's throw this in there, because this is another point that we can get into in more detail. But I just want to also say that the ones that are already older, already compromised immune systems, and are becoming these death statistics, other than the fact that they might have died in 2020 anyway, because they've got other health problems, what the uh, the more sick you appear to be, the more aggressive the treatment is going to be that they give to you. And corticosteroids, intubation, which is where they shove a tube into your lungs, the antiviral drugs, many of which are being used that are experimental, like a lot of, and also just the environment of a hospital in general, a lot of this stuff could be literally finishing people off. I mean, they might have been finished off the same way from coming into the hospital with pneumonia because people die in the hospital that are older of respiratory type illnesses a lot. It's super common. So, I mean, I've literally, I literally watched my grandma die that way. So I know what it's like, what they do to people in the hospital that are older, that have a serious illness. And it's, it's brutal, man. Like, I don't, I don't doubt that like. For anyone out there that's in the medical profession, I do not doubt that you have good intentions with what you do. What I doubt is the rule book that is followed by everyone in that profession, because you don't really get to make decisions for yourself about what's best for the patient. You follow these like protocols that are mostly invented by pharmaceutical companies. (laughs) So it's just crazy. that, That was a long digression, but 
there is also a factor in, in play that the treatment methods, when they get to the more aggressive treatment methods, they are very hard on your body. And there's, I have plenty to back that up in link form that will be in the show notes too. I agree completely. I mean, just seeing what chemo does to cancer patients and what any acidifying elements do when you're on the edge, it just doesn't make any sense. That's why I think Dr. Sebi, S-E-B-I, his work was so powerful and they feared it so much is the simplicity of it all. Alkalize your diet and heal thyself. Healthy it's self. Way, it's the only way the body can heal is itself. It's the only way. Nothing heals your body but itself. Just like if you get a cut, the body magically fixes that cut over time if, it's in, if the body is in working order. Unreal. And so another thing that someone has sent me recently is this wave of 5G. I guess Congress passed something on May 10th or 11th. And I started to think about the 5G rollout. I've been going to town hall meetings. I've been going to city hall meetings. I've been going to county-wide meetings. And, and the activist-type people have been proclaiming the harmful impacts of 5G. And some mayors have been stepping up and putting in different ordinances to limit the rollout of 5G, right? And there's activism and there's an awakening on the 5G front. Well, what if we can't have these town hall meetings because we can't gather? And behind the scenes, there seems to be a rollout of 5G because Trump on March, it's either the 10th or 11th, but it was just after the California lockdown started to roll out. And we see all of a sudden this 5G bill being signed. The Secure and we're, 5G and Beyond Act of 2020. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the one, man. Right when I saw that and I saw the date. It was just kind of this, oh man, it's not just one thing. It's all these tentacles of the new world order coming into place all at once. You know, we hear about agenda 2030, agenda 2030. I don't like to go there. You know, I don't like to think that they're planning something behind the scenes. And I was hopeful that the apocalypse would be like peeling off a bandaid and we could recover from it. But the powers that be, you know, about this uh, Bill Gates resignation and all the CEOs leaving in, in January and whatnot. Have you heard of this one, Chance? Yeah, yeah. I mean, summarize that. And then we can also throw into the mix that congressmen and and people in the know, like Jeff Bezos of Amazon, they were all selling stocks like crazy as if they were sure that this was about to go down the way it's going down. Yeah. So for the listeners, we're, li we're witnessing a drastic drop in the price of oil, which will bankrupt banks, they're saying. We're witnessing a catastrophic drop in stocks, which is being likened already to the Great Depression and all that in the 20s. We're seeing everyone pile into dollar and the dollar's going up and so, so fast that there's this dismantling of foreign currencies and people are all upset about that. And there's articles saying the pesky dollar is, is messing with the markets and all this, okay? And the Every, dollar's getting inflated all the hell right now too. Yeah, and the dollar's getting super inflated. So if you take a step back and think, well, if this was a pandemic, if this was a planned pandemic, who was behind it and who could have benefited and what have you? Well, all coincidentally enough, the CEO of Disney, the uh, Microsoft crazy evil dude, Bill Gates, who is the quote sugar daddy of chemtrails geoengineering as well. But that's a whole nother show. Yeah, and he has his hand in the vaccine stuff in third world nations big time as well. Oh, he's totally, he's the 
boogeyman when it comes to vaccines, in my opinion. Yeah. These, these people, they, res, they resigned from CEO positions in January 2020. It was the biggest month ever for CEOs leaving. They cashed out. They, they took a step out of their company as if they were maybe potentially not wanting to deal with the fallout of a crazy crash. And then all of a sudden the market took it, it totally tanked. Um, I guess it was around March, uh, early March, 2020 that it started to show cracks and tart started to slip. But if you were in the know, like these senators and what have you that mysteriously just knew when to sell, like if we go back to nine 11, and you see all the shady stock trades on airlines, mind you, the day before of that, you could see that someone was in the know. And then if you take a look at this incident, it's a similar situation is what we're getting at. And then there was also a, in um, the fall of last year, run by Bill Gates, there was a thing called Event 201 where Bill Gates came together with world leaders, including the CDC, and they did a very detailed simulation with AI, computers, and all this, simulating a global pandemic that started in New York and went all over the world. And the world uh, governments had to do a global lockdown altogether, all in concert. Yeah, part of that simulation was to simulate the economies melting down too. Yes, exactly. In their simulation, millions die. I don't really think millions will die here, but who knows what the plan is. I mean, there's so many different extrapolation hypotheses that I've come up with. And one of them is we get forced these vaccines that actually shed some sort of virus and then people actually die. But I don't want to even think about that. I want to kind of play the cards as they're handed and it's going so slow right now that it's kind of annoying. I'm just like sitting at home, like kind of digesting all this. But there was a simulation ran going through basically almost exactly what we're dealing with. It was even coronavirus in the simulation. Yep, exactly. It was coronavirus in the simulation. It was led by Bill Gates. And then he went and left his position at Microsoft, the richest man in the world behind all these vaccine agendas. He leaves his baby. He left. And he says, oh, I want to get into more um, vaccine philanthropy and climate change stuff, which means spraying us with chemtrails, geoengineering, dimming the sun, all that sort of stuff. So you start to take a big step back and look at these tentacles of this new world order rollout, which I'm not even ever trying to be this conspiracy theorist and be like, oh, the good new world order, they're doing this and that. But we have to take a look at it for our own sanity and to live our lives. Like we have to adjust. I'm definitely not going to be a bartender in these times soon. I don't even know if bartenders will exist after this is said and done. You know, I need to adjust and be the best activist that I can be to do what I'm here to do kind of thing is, is my plan. But everyone should be thinking about this in a high vibration way, not in fear. You know, I like to laugh at it all. I'm going to come up with some amazing spoof satires on this thing, songs and this and that. And I'm even going to make a sign that says free hugs and I'm going to go out into public. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But either way, that free, the free hugs thing needs to come back. But what I'm getting at is we've got the tentacles of the telecom industry 
And they have a bigger budget, brother, than Big Pharma. Wow. And they have a disinformation campaign running like crazy. And I honestly had to really discern and go deep with this whole coronavirus thing. And one of the theories was that it came out of Wuhan because they launched 5G there. And that to me was bait. And I felt into it and I did some research. And I was like, well, if I go to the mayor of the town that I'm living in, who I've been talking to about 5G, who I've been giving research and trying to convince him to prevent it from coming into our neighborhoods because I want to protect the future generation from one millimeter wave radio frequency radiation outside their bedroom window. If I go to my mayor and I say, 5G is the virus. It's coming from China. The 5G is the virus. I heard it on a YouTube video. I heard it on a YouTube video. My mayor would be like, okay, Matt, everything you've ever told me, I'm going to now discredit because you're not grounded and you sound like a psychopath. But up until then, he was actually listening to me and I'm handing them Navy research studies of rats' brains being broken down and losing their blood-brain barrier over under low-frequency radio frequency uh, radiation, you know, RFR radiation. These, these people in political places right now, your uh, board of representatives and your county or your town or your city, they're not engineers. They're not radio frequency radiation engineers. They don't know much about 5G. And it's up to us as activists to bring it to them in a grounded, centered, logical, smart way. You know, you lead a horse to water. You don't go stand up in front of them or send them emails or whatever saying that the virus is 5G. 5G is the virus. I know all this. I know that I know. Don't you know? Because it's like this, my buddy told me this thing a long time ago, and he calls it the turd in the punch bowl. And it's like, you could have the best party ever, and everyone's having a great time. But if your punch is sitting there and there's a turd in it, they're only going to remember that, and they're going to leave the party. No one's going to have a good time, and it's over. So it's the same, it's this kind of like philosophy. I, you could come to the mayor with all this, everyone gets it, but you come to the mayor with all this information, but then finally you say some crazy stuff, and they're not going to, they're not going to even, want to hear it anymore and they're just going to go with this telecom bribe or whatever's going on and you're going to end up with 5g on your street corner so i saw a lot of disinformation misinformation get cranked out right when this virus came and it really probably discredited a lot of people and made a lot of other people be like look i'm just going to believe fox news you had me for a minute but now this is just crazy you know and what does it do it turns us against ourselves Oh, the crazy conspiracy theorist, blah, blah, blah. For everybody who ever said, and I'm not saying that I know a fact. I'm not saying I know, I know, I know the truth. I'm just saying it sounds a little crazy to a normal person out there. That's it. Plus, it's way too early to call. It's way too early to call to say 5G in Wuhan is what gave people symptoms. And I mean, you're the 5G guy. So if if we're going to take anyone's word for it, you're a good one to take their word for it. But I... Actually, did it talk to you about that angle before we got on the air? We talked about a lot of things before we started this conversation, but I never was like, hey, Matt, do you th- what do you think about this idea that 5G is coronavirus? And I actually already came to the same conclusion as you that, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about it that deeply about the whole discrediting the uh, the truthers thing and causing truthers to argue with each other. But it's just like a 9-11 situation all over again, where people who should be just spreading the uh, notion that the official story is a lie and we need to look at it more and ask more questions to get them arguing with each other about like, was it a directed energy weapon? Was it thermite? Was it this? Was it that? Was it really even a plane? Was it a, was it a 
CGI on the TV. Like people will get in the weeds about that because it's the same type of it's the same type of mentality that will make someone want to be right and slam dunk on your Facebook post about how uh, your like your conspiracy theory is uh, so dangerous or so so wrong, and that the fear narrative is actually the right one because they want to be right. And man, we all have to watch out for that tendency in ourselves. We all have that seed in ourselves that could do that. It could could uh, make something divisive when that's the last thing we need is to get divided. And I mean, you, t- you said a lot of shit right there before I, I cut in and I might not be able to address all of it, but the, uh, the Bill Gates thing I think is really interesting because there's one more thing to that is that he's already saying he wants everyone to get a microchip that tracks whether or not they've been vaccinated. <laughs> I'm sure that's not all that it would be tracking by any means, but uh, uh, I want to, I want to repeat some really wise wisdom that I heard from Gordon White. He's a podcaster that has a show called Rune Soup. Awesome guy, magical teacher, really interesting cat. And he said that the uh, the old world's not coming back. No matter what happens next, the way things were before, it's just like another 9-11. The old world's not coming back. Things are going to be permanently changed from this. And what is most important is that in uh, in this moment, we have the choice to either let the let the new world that's coming be forced upon us or create our own reality from here on. Like this is the time is, does that mean that in this time that you've been laid off your job, you go look for a, a farm to work on or something permaculture related, or do you use that time to build a personal skill or practice and learn something that you didn't think you had time to learn before, but that's going to help you stay vitalized and energized and protected in the future and something you can carry with you forever. Like, how are you going to remember this time? Is this the time that you stayed in home and you're scared and we're just watching the news a lot or just vegging out on Netflix or playing video games? Or is this the time that you learned something new that changed the course and the trajectory of your life forever? And that's what it, that's what it could be. That's our, especially with this, the way the space weather is right now, <laughs> we, we just had like Saturn conjunct with Pluto. That's, malefic extreme malefic action right there and that was about the time we saw this this uh story come out and now saturn's moving into a, the sign of aquarius which is like the malefic is in the air so that could represent 5g that could represent uh, the idea of an airborne virus everyone being afraid of the air right now but then uh saturn's going to also be conjuncting or not saturn pluto is going to be conjuncting with jupiter on april 4th 44 it's a big day Make the most of that day and the days that immediately follow it because Jupiter, when conjunct with Pluto, which is the planet of like extremes and it just amplifies what it's conjunct with, Jupiter is expansion. Jupiter is like truth, inner truth, inner illumination, inner inner abundance, um, even external abundance to a degree. And don't fall for the don't fall for the trap that they're setting right now, which is to symbolically co co-opt the Jupiter Pluto conjunction energy with this idea of like the bailout, the stimulus, the uh, $1,200 checks we're all going to get. I mean, I'd, who knows what consequences might come from signing up for that. Maybe the real ID thing is going to be, or the, uh, the ID 2020 thing you touched on this new form of digital um, authentication that requires a certain level of new identification to always be in place. And like, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. You can maybe explain more about what the ID 2020 thing is. I'm only 
there's a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air right now. I haven't looked into that one as much, but you know, this was a long rant, but uh <laughs> I'm just gonna kick it back to you. <laughs> no, I love it. And when you um gave that quote a minute ago, firstly, the the quote came to me, you can either take authority as the truth or you can take truth as the authority. It's literally up to you, meaning you can be told how to think or you can think for yourself. And I think one of the best things that you and I come with, Chance, are we just want people to think for themselves. I don't care if you think the way I think. I just want you to not be told how to think. And talking about the planets conjuncting on 4-4, what these planets coming together give is this amazing period of manifestation abilities. And we are very strong, powerful co-creator manifestors. Especially so if we're in a big fear vibration collectively during that, not what we want. Exactly what I was about to say, brother. And you just gave me goosebumps and I love you. So not what we want. And on the flip side, what we do want is to co-create together this higher vibration. So we live in polarity. We live in duality, good, evil, up, down, black, white. That's what earth is. And we come here to work off karma and physicality. And it's a beautiful, amazing place that we co-create as spiritual manifestor, almighty, freaking powerful beings. We're floridated and GMO'd out and chemtrailed and all these other things so that we can't really connect to the deepest level that we could to realize our true powers. But our co-creating manifestation abilities are very freaking divine and real. And so, yes, there's an imbalance. We've got a lot of bozos watching Fox News co-creating a fear frequency. But what's the flip side of fear? Sparrow, which is Latin for hope, right? We can bring the hope to the world so easily because of the imbalance, all right? So when, when indigenous peoples get together and they want to do a rain dance, it's because there's an imbalance in the etheric energies, all right? The elemental energies are imbalanced and there's that ability to just call in the rain because there hasn't been a lot of rain, okay? There's a drought and they can call it in because it's right there because there's this imbalance, positive, negative charges, whatever you want to call it, orgone energy, etheric energy, whatever you want. They call it in through ceremony and through believing in their co-creative abilities. And literally they dance in a circle and they bring it in and it's real. I firmly believe it, but it's because of the massive imbalance. So yes, we may be slightly outnumbered with a bunch of people out there not knowing their true powers, so which gives them only a little bit of power, right? But they're being told what to think, how to think, and what to co-create, what to manifest all together, which is like a dystopian future. I firmly believe we're on a timeline towards ascension. And I do also believe that there's a hijacking going down by the new world order who's for some reason wants to create a new timeline, bump us off of our just timeline and steer us towards transhumanism, I guess, turn us into robots where they can have complete control. I don't know why, you know, I don't really know all these things. Dude, I, I just want to say, I think it's something that we talked about last time. I still think that there's a possibility that it's all about, it's about hijacking us ourselves, like turning our bodies into a platform that other beings can live in 
and that require a lower frequency to exist in. But that's that's a big tangent and digression. You can hear us talk about that a little bit in our last episode together. But if there's if there was one thing that made sense, it would be that it's like invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, I mean, it all starts to make sense, but I have gotten really deep recently and I feel we are not on our true timeline. On our true timeline right now, Kobe Bryant is dunking that basketball and there's sporting events going down. There's all these different historical things happening, but now it's just frozen and we're steering the timeline collectively towards a lower vibration where maybe we start doing distance learning and social distancing. And then Elon Musk introduces his stupid Neuralink thing and people start becoming cyborgs behind closed doors while they install 5G antenna and what have you. But because there's this obvious imbalance, we together, even just a handful of us, can literally flip it on its head, all right? Because our true timeline is towards ascension. And in my personal microcosm of the macro, the universe first showed me darkness so that I could see that there was light, you know? And I believe that maybe, just maybe, the true purpose of all of this, even though the darkness wants to win, I've put myself in the shoes of these stupid psycho sociopaths. And yeah, they're putting the clamp on and they have this master agenda, but they don't realize the power of love. They don't know the power of light. They're in God's realm trying to manipulate his literal world that we together co-create. And by just honoring that hope and that love and honoring the truth, we can bring it back into balance and put us back on our trajectory towards ascension. It might get really weird and dark first, but the truth will hold. And we're here to like, we literally came here. We, we came here for this, I firmly believe. We came here to bring the truth, to be the flame, to be that spark, to bring it to the next generation, to just honor it in physicality, right? But it doesn't make much sense to us because we're light beings slowed down into physical form and we're just getting played here. You know, the, 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 the people or whoever behind the scenes, they introduce things like, terrorized 9-11 and now this massive global shutdown where the entire world is frozen, it's likely going to lead to economic fallout, I'm sorry to say. I mean, you take all of the businesses all in the world and you give them no economy, there's going to be massive economic fallout likely leading to a new world currency, um, a new world government, uh, a, a very strict, weird dystopia. It shrinks the middle class down, man. I got to, I got to throw something in before I lose the thought. I got to say one thing, man, because I'm vibing with all of what you just dropped like big time, but on a philosophy level, it's really simple, philosophical, logical way of understanding why, why all the darkness happens. Why do you got to start in darkness before you ascend? And it's because you are infinite. The truth is you are literally infinite. So the truth is infinite in a sense. That's the truth. You're it. God is infinity. Love is the recognition of all highest potentials in the object of what you love, which is another way of saying recognizing it's infinity. And in, so that's why love doesn't control. Love allows the infinity to grow in whatever way it's going to grow, go whatever direction it's going to go. So you are actually infinite. And the only, and so whenever you try to cage or to uh, define something that's infinite as something in any way defined or in any way controlled or in any way kept the same, that is untruth. So 
the only way to actually understand the infinite is by eliminating what it is not. Only way to understand truth is by eliminating what it is not, because you cannot say it is this, because then you'd be leaving out. I mean, you can't, it's like the Tao. You can't describe something subjectively outside of yourself without including yourself in it. That doesn't, there is no separation. So we got to realize that that's, that's why it's happening. And just because the economy could be melting down to the point of no return. And maybe you even had like, a cool cafe that you were running and it was going well and it's going to be hard to bring that back or the job that you were working at and you, maybe even you like the job or at the very least it was helping you survive that's going to go away it's go right back to what i said before create your own reality going forward in, in this time while we're slow everything slowed down it's fucking springtime everyone's afraid of death when at that time of year in nature is the rejuvenation it's the birth it's the opposite they flip everything on its head the uh, the media does tur- turns everything good upside down Evil cannot create. It can only invert and reverse the flow and and send things in a backwards and a regression, retard things, make people retarded, which just means literally slowed down in their development. It's not a derogatory word. It's just a word that describes what is happening to humanity, being retarded, being regressed. So use the time to do the opposite of that progress. If, if the world's never going to be the same, then make sure that you've got an idea that's going to carry you through into the, the new world and it, get started on it, man. Even if it's just figuring out how to grow your own food, figuring out what how you would survive if everything did melt down. If it doesn't have to be some grand world-saving thing, man, you are the world. Save you. And, and it, then you'll be in a position to actually do something for the world. And then you snap yourself out of fear and you come into empowerment and inspiring yourself. You lead by example and you show others because you've snapped out of that literal frozen state of a fear vibration where you're being told what is truth instead of honoring it on your own. I can't even begin to express the amazing mountains you can climb and move by just taking baby steps every day towards big goals. And we are basically coerced and socially engineered to thinking that we can't do that through the hero archetype. I've witnessed it time and time again. People think that they can't achieve because Superman and Batman and all these heroes do so much on the screen and they save the world. And it all happens in an hour and a half. Exactly. But they don't realize that baby, baby, baby steps, baby steps towards big goals um, can save the world. You know, it's just, it's just that easy. It's, 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 it's actually unfathomable, but let me just take a pause. Imagine if we were in a complete utopia and someone came up to you and said, what is a lie, right? If we didn't have the flip side, we would never know our true potential and who we really are as a spiritual being with unlimited ability, right? If we're not shown the darkness, then how do we know light, right? It's just another, another way of looking at it would be if we are just the light of pure awareness in the void that is experiencing itself subjectively as a multiplicity of beings and perspectives and in this panpsychist way, then all the void is, all the darkness is, is the place where we haven't shined our light on it yet. It's not a real thing. It's not really, it's not really there. It's just a lack of awareness that makes it what it is. Awareness will heal it all. And that's why I want maybe to backtrack a little bit. That's why I want to bring a little more awareness to uh, the 
the prop, some of the problems with the coronavirus narrative. Cause we've, I mean, I love the drums for beating on It's incredible, but I want to make sure that people have a little bit to go home on. So the first thing I want to say about that, well, actually I'm going to also point out that I'm leaving the whole two hours to the free people this time, because it's important. It's important. Like, of course, I want you guys to subscribe and support me. I'd love to have Interverse be the thing that carries me into whatever the new world is in a, in a supportive way. But more important right now is that we can do something about this scenario through, through knowledge, through truth, through awareness. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the false positives and the testing methodology, if that's cool. I mean, have, have you looked into much about this, uh, about the PCR test, which is the way, what they use to define whether or not ha someone is infected with coronavirus? It's a polymerase chain reaction is the name of the machine. Oh, yeah. Um, there was, there's so much stuff coming down the pipe. There was a, um, just yesterday, there was a press conference out of the UK and the scientist who had predicted how many people would get it he slashed his numbers by 80% because of the false positives saying that so many people were being said to have it that did not, that do not. You know, at the end of the day, though, it's so hard to know what to even believe. You know, you got to really get inside and ask your gut and learn to cultivate your intuition, cultivate your gut. A lot of street smarts I felt have been like kind of lost because we trust our phones so much and just believe in headlines and we hardly make eye contact anymore. But if you start to look in people's eyes, you can learn to cultivate your discernment and your intuition because you can see light and dark and you can literally find your tribe by looking into people's eyes, which is an amazing thing. That's why I'm so empowered by handing out flyers because the power of the flyer is amazing because I look into people's eyes and through that I can resonate with the truth so firmly. It's, it's unbelievable. But once you harness this intuition and you believe in your gut and your heart, you can feel it. You can feel it actually starts to like be painful when the lies are so deep. But yeah, the, the false positives, they're very real. And if you just read it, if you just read the paper, it'll say the, the facts right in front of you. We really don't know what we're saying, but really, it's really scary. You know, it's, it's just read the entire article and discern and ask yourself, could I stand up on a stage and make this into a comedy bit? And the answer is yes, honest to God, <laughs> it's a satirical dystopian joke in my opinion. And I like to just laugh and bring it in that frequency to my friends, family and peers, you know, like as a, as a literal joke. But, but as far as the, your question, the false positives, um, yes. The, the different media outlets are basically saying that the testing kits can say that, you're, that you have it when you don't and that um, most everyone has it, but it doesn't show until you're sick with something else. So if that's the case, also, I'd like to mention the word coronavirus is on like every Lysol container that I've ever seen, even from years back. And I posted just that on Facebook. I said, hey, look, the coronavirus says it right here on the Lysol container. And Facebook hit me with a warning saying that I was spreading disinformation, fake news, and then <laughs> referred me to some nonsense Snope website that said that something blah, 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 you know, some nonsense disinfo. But once you really start to hone in on your intuition, we have this amazing ability to 
see right through it when we start to trust our third eye, our sixth sense, our street smarts, our intuition, our gut instinct. Hone in on that gut instinct. And you can literally feel that lion approaching you in the dark in the jungle because you trust your gut. But it's learning how to trust it and knowing that you still have that innate ability that will literally set you free from mental enslavement, in my opinion. Yeah, like the it could definitely be a form of programming just to put coronavirus on all the livestock cans for years because people might think they'd never heard of it before this, but their right brain, your right brain records everything that happens to you. It is the, it's the sensor, whereas the left brain is like the filter. And when you're living just in the left brain, that's why it's harder to tap into your, I mean, that's why people have trouble literally remembering their own past, especially, I mean, there's a connection there to trauma too, but this type of thing, this type of fear of a big pandemic has been planted in us for a long time. There was even, I can't remember the name of the scientist. I'll, I will find it and link it in the show notes, but there was like a CDC scientist or some important doctor somewhere that two years ago was repeatedly saying uh, Trump is going to have a surprise virus pandemic in his presidency. Like they've been pumping people for this for years. And that's one of the things that's about the new new world order. That's hard to comprehend is that it's like a multi-generational plan. They have had things in the works for a long time. And so when they come to fruition, they're pretty well prepared. And I want to also point out that, the conspiracy of the new world order does not require almost any peons within it to even know what they're doing uh, or what they're a part of. And in fact, why we even see the the concept of the new world order is an as above, so below thing. It's a consequence of ourselves, our own neural pathways, our own patterning in our mind, in our behavior, in our consciousness, that patterning actually reflects in the above and informs like what you could call etheric channels or etheric pathways that are part of the cosmos. They become part of the general flow of the Tao itself because we're co-creating that Tao, co-creating with that Tao, but with our free will. So what we don't realize is the the mass amount of people who've been in the mentality of I want to be told what's right. I want to be told what's true. I don't want to look within to find truth. I don't want to look within to know right from wrong or to know even fear from love. I want to be told all this externally. That sets up the etheric wheels, puts them in motion to create the type of structure that we are experiencing right now. And I'm not saying there aren't conscious actors, especially higher up that know this. They're, they're sorcerers, man. They're, they know this and they have for a long time. They made they they did put people in the direction to do this to themselves. That's actually the only way that they can do it because we all have the infinite power that you and I have been referencing. And if that's the case, how did we ever get enslaved? It's because we enslave ourselves. It's because we cede our power. It's not because our power is taken. It's not because our rights are just privileges granted to us by a document called the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We cede our rights to the document and say, that that's where they come from instead of knowing that all of this comes from within it's inherent to us. It's who we are. So that was a big rant, but I want to also talk about the false positives a little more and say that um, let's talk about China. For example, they've claimed that they have an 80% false positive rate, which is crazy because that also means that 20% of people that test positive actually are supposedly having it. And that's not even to mention, of course, um, 
how many people are symptomatic and test negative because these symptoms are actually the same as a lot of other stuff like flu or like, like you said, the common cold. And there's plenty of dirt on the, uh, the entire viral theory that we can, we could throw on it if we, if we wanted to go there. And I might look for a dedicated researcher on that topic, on the uh, infectious virus theory to bring on in the future, because the people that I've checked out that have done deep research into this do point out some amazing holes in that. So China, we have the 80% false positive rate. But on the other hand, we also see that they've supposedly contained the virus or like their numbers are now way, way down and everything seems to be calming down in China. This is, in my opinion, a complete bait and switch. What they did is they had very loose, very loose definitions of what it meant to be a carrier of the virus. And essentially those definitions, let's, let's talk about this real quick. The medical definitions of a disease are what determines the number of assumed cases and the definitions basically change the statistics. If you want to change the statistics, tweak the definitions. And now these cases do count as a positive and these cases don't. The World Health Organization, their, early in March, their definition for a suspect case. So there's a difference between a suspect case and a confirmed case. Their definition for a suspect case required all four of the following criteria, fever with or without recorded temperature. Of course, there's no universal definition of fever, so that's also subjective. Radiographic evidence of pneumonia, which can occur without any actual illness because even healthy people have strange things appear on their lungs very commonly. Low or normal white cell count or low lymphocyte count, that's criteria three but it's not really a criteria because that basically includes every healthy person. If you have a normal white cell count, then how is that even a criteria? So that's strange. But because people suffering from an infection would also have likely an elevated white blood count, that also makes it seem strange that uh, that, that would be a criteria to have low, but I don't know, you know, maybe your white blood cells do drop if you're dying from the infection. But the last criteria was either travel history to Wuhan or direct contact with patients from Wuhan who had a fever or respiratory respiratory symptoms within 14 days before the illness comes on. The problem is that's the suspect case criteria, but to have a confirmed case, all they had to get is a positive RNA test, which is if you look into this deeply and not even that deeply, they never purified the virus to be sure that this RNA is actually even the thing that's making people sick or even a virus at all and not just something that occurs in some people's body. They never went back and tested samples from, you know, the cold storage from years back that are still viable samples to see if this actually shows up, if it's even actually novel. So and then then also uh, you don't have to even have symptoms or contact with the pre- with someone who's a previous confirmed case uh, to be counted as a confirmed case. So suspect cases had a lot of criteria that they had to have, but confirmed cases, it's just this one test, which is unreliable. The test itself works by a system of doubling uh, a clump of genetic genetic material over and over, doubling it, doubling the causing the DNA to double itself. And once they reach a certain volume of material, they look to see if the RNA that they think should be there is in a high enough quantity. And then it's, Basically, they have to decide where on the spectrum quantitatively uh, is the cutoff point that means they're positive because it's not like, yes, they're positive. No, they're not positive. It's not even a binary system. It's literally a spectrum. It's totally subjective. 
And they could change the definition of how much of this RNA has to be showing up for it to be positive at any time. People are going from positive to negative to positive again when they're being tested over and over again every day. And the Chinese government on February 16th began requiring confirmed cases to meet the suspect case requirements, the more stringent requirements that I, that I went through earlier, earlier. So not just a positive RNA test. And that is why the rate of confirmed cases began to rapidly plummet. But the prevailing belief is that strict quarantine measures are what brought the numbers down. And that's the bait and switch I'm talking about. Because now people here and people all over the world are going to think we have to go through this crazy set of procedures just to stop the spread of this thing. When actually all we got, all we got to do is change the definitions for what a confirmed case is. And we're in the clear. <laughs> we can do what China did. It's just like that, man. And that's one of the craziest things about it. Uh, because a lot of these more technocratic countries, I mean, I'm surprised China did. I think maybe it was just like a save face thing because saving face is important in China. I'm surprised they even, I mean, maybe that is part of the play uh, to make it look like the, the draconian lockdown measures are effective. And China is, of course, in on it because it's New World Order. But otherwise, you would expect that China would just, uh, I don't know keep the quarantine going as long as possible, but their economy is suffering. It's very complicated. And, you know, there's incompetency and there's actors with different agendas in the system, but it's overall this, this uh, etheric pathway of people wanting to be told what's right, what's true and what to do. That's causing us to fall further and further into an imbalance of conformity and destruction of individualism and individual rights. And truth itself is what's on the chopping block. Well put, brother. And I do think that the lockdown in China being so strict as it was and highlighted by the media as the right thing to do is a play on us. Yeah, you've got states like New Hampshire not doing lockdown measures and um, Indiana not doing lockdown measures, but then the neighboring state, Kentucky, is doing lockdown measures and it's based on well if you're with trump or against trump and the people are basically begging for it saying well you got to act fast like china or it's going to spread and all this but look at the setup here okay first off the social distancing stay at home thing it's it's it really it sucks our humanity you know making us afraid of one another and I like living I said, in a I cloud like of Lysol. Just throw that in there. You're li yeah. people are living in clouds of cleaning chem chemicals now, spraying them all over everything every 20 minutes, especially at workplaces that are still open. That itself is dangerous. And they are um, disrupting. They're disruptive of your endocrine system. The hand sanitizers uh, disrupt your hormones and um, are extremely harmful. I've done a lot of. Uh, posts on that on my actualactivists.com. Please check it out. Actualactivists.com is a one-stop shop for activism. There's a 5G tab up there, a lot of amazing information. But like I said, I like to look at the disinformation and see where they're going with it all. And here I've got this clip from the LA Times, Los Angeles Times from March 23rd. And it really highlights this maintain social distancing to try to flatten the curve. And this flattening of the curve we're going to talk about. And I've got a background in statistics. I've actually got a master's in business. So I've done a, a lot of, um, I can see where this is heading. I've done a lot of numbers studies and I can see how these numbers are totally corrupted and messed up. But I'm going to read you this paragraph two times and then we're going to talk about it. Globally, 
the fatality rate from COVID-19 is still being determined. Estimates have fluctuated, but generally fall somewhere in the 0.9% to 3.4% range. But because some people will catch the disease and never show symptoms, they might not be tested and therefore won't be counted toward the total percentage of survivors. One more time. Globally, the fatality rate from COVID-19 is still being determined. Estimates have fluctuated from, they fall between 0.9% and 3.4%. Okay, so they have this percentage here of the, the death toll, the, the kill rate, the kill rate they're giving it. And everyone has these new phrases, social distancing, kill rate, flatten the curve. Okay. But because some people will catch the disease and never show symptoms, they might not be tested. Well, of course they won't be tested and therefore won't be counted towards the total percentage of survivors. Well, if you know about percentages and you know about all these number games they're playing, uh, the percentage could be like 0.001% actually. So this big kill rate and all this drama and all these scare tactics and all these numbers that people are quoting from the CDC. Excuse me, every time people quote the CDC, this little voice inside my head is saying, well, the CDC kills babies and you're quoting the CDC. But I just smile and nod. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, people are being fear-mongered. All right? And they are being set up. Do you know what flatten the curve is? So um, there's people in California. California is on a lockdown. We're not allowed to go to restaurants. We're not allowed to go to schools. We're not allowed to go to a bar. We're not allowed to go to sporting events. We're not allowed to congregate. There's no town hall meetings. There's no ballets. There's no concerts. There's no schools. All right. A lot of people are being told, no, you just can't go to work. Uh, wait for your stimulus package. Trump will send you a check. All right. But a lot of people are just sitting at home wondering what is going to happen to their normal way of life. And people are posting on social media, I guess I'll just stay at home to try to flatten the curve. Well, the media conglomerates that are all owned by the same families have been pushing this flatten the curve thing. It's all over social media, hashtag flatten the curve. Well, now all of a sudden, everyone's a statistician. Okay mind you. And the numbers coming in of how many people have it are growing every day. And it's a a, a graph with an X and Y axis. And the chart is going up exponentially because more cases are coming in because more people are getting tested and they're, they're controlling the minds of the people that they will actually be lining up in mass to get tested because everyone wants to know if they've got it or not. Because people kind of actually seemingly want to have it. It's kind of weird. I don't even know about that one, but either way, people really, I've encountered people that I've encountered people that lied about knowing someone that had it or that they had it just again. I can only imagine that it's that wanting to be right thing. I don't know where that comes from. No, exactly. And it's part of being involved and it's, and it's exciting to them and what have you. But at the end of the day, millions of people will line up to get tested So this curve of how many positives are out there, and then also there's the false positives. But once millions and millions of people are tested, of course, the curve is going to continue to go up of the number of people on the graph that have it. So this flatten the curve is this false hope, okay? And this three-week lockdown, when the UK is saying six months, this three-week lockdown in California It's also false hope, all right? So we get to the end of this three weeks and they'll extend it and the stock market will crash a little more and people won't get their paychecks a little longer. The curve won't flatten, 
Okay. I'm sorry. The curve's not going to flatten. It All right. Flatten you- until they change the, uh, what constitutes a confirmed case. Like I was saying, that's where, that's where the real game is. I mean, it's these definitions. It's, it's literally up to each country to decide what their definition is. I mean, the CDC is given guideline definitions. Like I mentioned of the suspect suspected case versus confirmed case. And, and, but where are the stats on how many people are dying or having horrible effects from the, from aggressive treatment measures? And I say aggressive, not like the doctor is uh, forcing them and it's an aggressive doctor. I mean, like antiviral drugs that are not even fully tested are being deployed in some places. I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot. What might even happen to you if you were in a hospital and come and had symptoms and were saying it's a confirmed coronavirus case. So and I want to I, throw out this, the biggest thing that people are really hitting me with as far as like, this is why you should be scared and this is why you're wrong. And this is why you're causing a lot of people to be at risk by spreading the information that you're talking about is Italy. People are saying Italy is the the worst area for all this, right? People are talking about like 2000 plus deaths in Italy or something. I will say though, I saw on Fox News today when I was in a, in someone's home that had it on that U.S. is now surpassed every other country in the world and now we've got the most confirmed cases so great and it's all due to the definitions of course but the average number of deaths per week in italy if you break down if you do the numbers which i'm sure you could or you could follow the math if you want to check out uh david crow he wrote an excellent article at the infectiousmyth.com that is not really an article it's like a 20-page research paper that goes through all the holes in the the mainstream narrative about what's happening right now. And he actually did the math and averaged out that the number of deaths per week in Italy for them to have the population size that they have and the population growth rate that they have and the average lifespan that they have would be like, I think 12,000 people would have to die a week for that to work. And the actual numbers of how many people are dying of coronavirus is very small. And in the flu seasons, their numbers would obviously go up. And the average age of people who happen to test positive and have died in Italy is like 80. So there's also data to support that the majority had previously existing serious health conditions. If you're a health compromised 80 year old, you would probably have a hard time with having a tube shoved down your throat or being given possibly steroids, possibly aggressive antiviral drugs that have some of which are experimental. We don't know the consequences. But likely some of those or many of those people were going to die in 2020 anyway. I'm not like saying I'm not sad if someone knows someone that died. I'm I'm sorry for you. That That is not fun. I mean, that's not cool. But let's pull the brakes on the panic here and really look rationally. Like, was that person likely to have died for another reason? Were they really compromised? Also, just just going to say it, the Vatican is in Italy. I mean, if there's ever been an ancient institution pushing for a a new world order and one world control system and one world, everything. It was definitely the Vatican. So I I mean, the same families own all the news corporations. Like you said, we could be seeing actors on TV. At least some of the time there could be people that are really dying in a hospital right now because people are dying in hospitals all the time. That's where most people die. And my question that keeps coming into my head is how many people died from COVID-18, COVID-17, COVID-16, and how many people are aware that this is actually an annual thing, all right? People get so spun out on coronavirus, coronavirus. 
well, there's a coronavirus every single year. If you look it up in the medical dictionary, coronavirus, it means common cold. But a lot of people, because of the fear-mongering news, have just spun it out so drastically that literally the economy is faltering. All right, we've got Trump coming out today and quote, Trump invokes Korean War era law to force General Motors to make ventilators for coronavirus victims. He says GM is wasting their time making cars and that GM stock crashes another 5% just today on the news. This is complete, this is like a, kind of like what a dictator would do. Oh, the next move is that the government will bail out the companies, but because it's Trump doing it, he will want to take a stake in the company. And then the government will have part or a, maybe a majority ownership in large corporations with huge amounts of resources and a, a lot of influence over public daily life. And that's literally fascism, people. Fascism is when the state owns the corporations. And I'm I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but would it surprise us? I mean, let's, their stocks are crashing. They need these, these bailouts, these stimuluses that are coming. What's going to be the bigger consequence here? Well, and also there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I mean, if you're involved in a, any sort of investment or you're looking at your 401k and you look at the news, there's no end in sight. And they the media, the controlled environment wants to tell you that the end in sight is the curve flattening. And if the curve hasn't flattened, then more strict rules will be have to be put in place on you and what have you until the curve flattens. Also, I've noticed, how does one go into a country and completely flip it on its head and destabilize a nation? Well, the U.S. central intelligence agencies and what have you, we've been doing this for years. And what they do is create two opposing sides and have a civil war breakout, basically. Well, I'm noticing this unraveling here in the United States where some states are going one way and other states are going another way and they're pointing the finger. One is pointing the finger saying you're not doing the right thing by doing, not doing a lockdown. And the other ones are saying you're busting your economy by doing a lockdown. And some of them are saying, well, we're going with Trump's decision. And others are saying we're going with literal division of states at state lines. Florida says if you're coming from New York, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days because New Yorkers are being exposed so much or whatever. But it's creating this social engineering. Well, if you're from New York, you're XYZ. And if you're over this age, you're XYZ. And it's literally this othering, othering, othering that happened in Nazi World War II, where eventually your morals are completely eroded through this othering process where you can point the finger and not see the humanity in your individual friends, family, neighbors, all these people surrounding you. Wasn't Trump's isn't Trump's mentor or someone like a mentor to him who was like the lawyer for McCarthy during the McCarthy Red Scare where the whole country was tearing itself apart over who wasn't a communist and who was? I mean, don't get me wrong. Communism's really shitty and that's a lot. What It looks a lot like what the NWO wants for us. But uh, man, it's just let's talk about this. We're on the Trump topic a little bit here. Let's talk about this one right here. I'm sure you've seen like the QAnonites, the people that trust the plan, talking about how the white hats are 
behind the scenes in the intelligence agencies and in, in the government, they're dismantling the shadow government. They're, they're making all these arrests of satanic people and child molesters and child traffickers and human traffickers that are part of the, the power structure. They're dismantling the shadow government. They're taking out the bad guys in Hollywood. They're doing it all over the world. And this virus is just a big cover story for what they're actually doing. And that's why a bunch of celebrities that have been connected with uh, cult activity are, are supposedly positive and they're going to give them the chance to just die, pretend to die in the media and uh, tell them everything that they know. And they're, they're, the indictments are sealed, but we're going to see the legal indictments against person X, Y, and Z any day. They're going to be unsealed, but you got to trust the plan. The white hats are doing it all for you in the background. I mean, am I the only one that thinks it's really obvious that that's the same exact mentality of as externalizing what truth is and not looking at it from within or not finding it from within? It's the same exact thing. It's just like it's a what I've heard it called is comfort culture. The whole QAnon thing is a comfort culture to make everyone feel better about the obvious trauma that they're experiencing from the way that the world's going. Uh, what, what do you think? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, are you asking my opinion on this one, brother? Please. Oh, man. For the record, me and Chance did not talk about this off the air or anything like that. And, I mean, I don't know if you've read my mind or have hacked my emails or you just like pressing my buttons, but people send me this stuff all the, not, all the time. Matt, don't worry. You don't have to be an activist because Trump is draining the swamp. That's one of them. And the white hats and, yeah, all this stuff. And, the, and don't worry. Anybody who is nameless and faceless and claims to be an anonymous uh, whistleblower and then tells you to sit on your fucking ass and not do anything. Trust the plan. Yeah, trust in the plan. People are sending me this David Wilcox shit. Oh, it's all in the process. We just have to hang tight and trust. No, this is not the time to hang tight. This is the time to plant those seeds of truth, to honor the seeds of truth with integrity, to do what we came here to do. And it's not to crawl in a hole and let this all roll over on top of us and let the clamp come down. But, but Matt, the Pleiadians are going to do the global currency reset any day now. I channeled it and uh, I found out that the Pleiadians are going to reset the currency and everyone's going to be equal and it's all going to be fixed and magical. Somehow that's going to fix everything. All right, let's just talk about Q first. So Q, this QAnon, a lot of people contact me a lot. Matt, what do you think of Q? A lot of people actually contacted me right when this virus thing came out. What do you think, Matt? What do you think? 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 I got 50,000 followers on Facebook. Do you know how many people said, what do you think is really going on? And my answer to them is a bunch of bullshit, period. It's a bunch of bullshit, period. But what I want to say is, Where's your gut? Where's your instincts? Where's your cultivation of intuition? You want me to tell you the truth? All I want you to do is feel it out and think for yourself, okay? So people also hit me up a lot. What do you think of Q? What do you think of Q? And I, I'm not trying to be mean. I, I appreciate people reaching out and I love everyone. Please hit me up, frankenskies at gmail.com if you want to email me, Matt Landman on YouTube, Matt Landman on Facebook. I will respond. Yeah, I'm sorry if I came down too harsh on it too. Like, I mean, I love these people. They have the right intention. It's just not the way this works. No, I know. And the whistleblower idea is nice. But when you start to see the flood of disinformation, brother, I came onto the chemtrail scene. I started hosting global conferences and 
90% of the activists in the chemtrail space ended up being co-opted sort of CIA agents of some sort and all this, like totally like ruining my life and such. And I started to realize Operation Mockingbird, okay? They came out with this disinformation agenda. They hijacked the Black Panthers. And ever since then, it's been flooded, flooded with disinformation. And you think Facebook is just going to give everybody like the power to think for themselves and what have you. So the Q thing, and even Anonymous, all right? Let's start with Anonymous. Anonymous comes out and says, we're hackers, we're hackers, we're faceless. Immediately when I saw that they were faceless, I was like, well, who's going to rally behind nobody? How can you rally behind nobody? The, 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 the leader has passion. The leader has soul and heart and people can identify with that leader and they freaking do something. The hijacking of leadership, of that inspiring fire and flame and that spark, anonymous hijacked that, okay? It took away the humanity and then anybody could be anonymous. Oh, I heard it from anonymous. They said this, oh, they said this, they said that, they said that, they said that. Well, who is anonymous? What did they say? And who are they? And is it just somebody else with another mask? And it totally spun the truth out, right? It doesn't have this grounded, and it doesn't even, it has no transparency or scrutiny. Who did that even come from? Oh, anonymous, it's anonymous. And sometimes these things share stuff that's actually true. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's what you would call like uh, the cheese on the mousetrap. You got to give them something. It's a truth sandwich with just enough disinformation in there to cause like them to self-discredit. Just like the whole idea of connecting 5G with coronavirus with no way to know. No way to know. Exactly. And so with Q, and, and look, I, if you like Q, I'm sorry, but this is my firm opinion. And I go into deep, intuitive retrospect. I mean, I really get introspective, retrospective. I really think these things through before I say these things on the air or whatever. And I firmly believe that giving your power away to a faceless hacker type that calls themselves Q and then just believing everything that they say is very self-destructive. We are powerful co-creator manifestor spiritual beings with unlimited ability. Okay, we can trust our gut, we can trust our hearts, we can open our hearts and literally trigger a spiritual heart opening ascension into out of physicality. Like we're amazing beings of love and light. And we're not here to listen to some cue thing. Okay, let's just put it this way. Facebook controls what goes viral. So how is Q going so viral? It doesn't make any sense. The control mechanisms would have squashed any sort of whistleblower anyways. The whistleblower in and of itself, I believe, is dead. Check, check this out, Matt. I uploaded a new video to my Facebook, only 1,500 followers, admittedly, 10 hours ago, and it's got like 10 views. How is that possible? Shouldn't more people have seen it? I'm not salty. I know what the game is, but like... Why is Q viral? That's a super important question. I just want to emphasize that. What goes viral is not organic anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. And I've witnessed it myself, and a lot of people say, oh, that's just your ego getting in the way. And yeah, a little bit, but no, not really. Frankenskies is a good movie. Frankenskies was getting 8,000 views every day on YouTube until it got to 90,000, and then it froze. And it actually went backwards for a few days in view counts. If you start to look at things, Go ahead and go to my Facebook page. Scroll down for just a few minutes. A lot of things have five likes, zero likes, but if it's fear-based, it'll go nuts. It'll have a thousand shares. I have 50,000 followers and what I put out there is filtered, 
censored and just what they want to go viral does. I've experimented with it very many times. I probably said I've this on the- I've seen that. I watch your feed sometimes. It's unreal. And it's, it's self-evident when you start to see the truth through the lens of truth, right? You start to look at the world through the lens of truth. I'm going to start to make this, because I feel like this lockdown is inevitable. A lot of people might be stuck in their homes. I want to bring things in the physical world. And my goal is to make this activist truth box and start mailing out this box of, it'll have the movie they live in it. It'll have the book 1984 in it. And these certain things that I think people should watch in the movie they live it's about putting on those glasses and seeing the world through the correct lens. And when you start to do so, truths become self-evident. It's just that shift in consciousness. So when I get that, this like gut reaction, which makes me cringe when people talk about Q, I start to notice it because my life has been a whole lesson of intuition. And when I have a gut reaction of something's bad or someone's bad and I don't follow it, the universe teaches me a lesson. And so my gut says that this whole Q thing is just giving away our power. Yes, he's right. Yes, he's wrong. He's up and down, left and right. But if you can't listen to your own guidance and follow your gut, you're not empowering your humanity or your spirituality and you're a pawn and you're a sheep and you'll literally line up to the, you know, testing kit or the vaccine or whatever's next, but you can snap out of it so easily by letting the truth set you free. And I love that your shows that we can actually see each other face to face, even though it's just audio. It, it, there's a lot that goes down with just being um, with eye contact and whatnot, which I really want people to know that we can't lose our humanity in the face of all this adversity. We can flip it on its head and really honor our humanity and come into it more and grounded and centered and, and be more human instead of in the fear space. Man, yeah, we're definitely catching a vibe on this one. And I don't know what your time is like, but I think the, the normal two-hour show would have only about 20 minutes left in it. I'm cool with wrapping up around then like we planned, but I have a few things that I want to get in here that might possibly take us over that point. So you just let me know if we're getting too far in or your ba the battery on your hotspot is dying or whatever. But yeah, there's definitely a couple more things that I think while we're in here are worth talking about. One thing is I don't believe this is a bioweapon and I don't even really want to go down this road topically too much, but I will say that there's a really interesting fact that not a lot of people are aware of that there was a lifting of the worldwide ban on bioweapons research in 2015. So that's an interesting thing. I mean, if nothing else, it just tells you the direction that we've been going in for a while. And that, I mean, at the very least, definitely this type of a situation has been researched enough that they've, uh, in my opinion, been able to set up the system so that we could have a, a manufactured crisis like this, where most people are going about just use being, I don't want to say useful idiots, but useful repeaters of what the, uh, the false authority is saying is true. And they think they're doing the right thing by repeating this. I mean, all my friends that are really practicing social distancing and like spreading information about the, the updates about the virus left and right. It is because they care. Like most of my friends, most people listening, if you've been on that wavelength, I'm sure it's because you care, but also you have to be able to look within 
and see where this is a fear thing, man. This is a fear thing. Feel it out. This does this feel right? This is the one time that I got into a fight or flight reaction. It was when people were telling me one morning that this martial law was coming like tomorrow. And when that happened, I really real that's when it hit me. Like that's when I made the choice. Like I'm not going to pretend like this is real anymore. I feel what is going on. Like this is, this is scare tactics. This is manipulation. I can tell I trust myself. I do. And that, I mean, that was a big shift for me. Like this is a good moment for you to be able to, like you've been saying for a while, really start to learn what your bullshit meter is, how it feels like test it out. This is the time, but yeah, bioweapons research ban was lifted. I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but there's a lot more to talk about beyond it. (laughs) Well, it just seems like it's so incremental that they feel like no one will notice. There's that adage, a boiling frog. If you throw the frog into boiling water, it'll hop right out. But if you put the frog in water and slowly turn it to a boil, it'll sit there, boil and die. It's what humanity's going through right now. We talked about being stuck in fight or flight, but it's these incremental, you, yeah, you, you change the laws on this. You put in the 5G thing bit by bit by bit. And still the majority or a lot of people will say, oh, they would never do that to us the most empowering thing that I've done recently is plant seeds in the ground and water them and get grounded. Literally. It's like, okay, they're going to give me this time to myself. I walk through the the local stores and they're all shut down. Everyone's got this random letter. We'll open up in three weeks. We don't know when we're going to open up. We're sorry, but we're not going to open up for a while. One sign at the local coffee shop just says, We'll be back, you know, but nobody knows when this will all be over and whatnot. And you can either be gripped in fear and be waiting for that next headline, or you can learn all of these things that we should know by now. One thing that I recently learned, which blew my mind and really upset me, was that coriander and cilantro are very much related. You told me that last time, man. It cracked me up. It's unreal. It's unreal the things that you can learn in the garden. So coriander is a seed and it you plant it in the ground and it's amazing spice too. But it grows cilantro and then cilantro goes to seed and it gives you a bunch of coriander seeds and then the cycle repeats itself. But you can cut the tops off of your carrots and stick them in the ground and grow stuff. You can plop potatoes in the ground and do these amazing barrier potato projects and create enough potatoes to feed your whole neighborhood. But there's this power that they don't want you to know, this ability to fend for yourself and to learn about different varieties and this and that. I didn't even know there was all sorts of varieties of lemons until just the other day. I was like, wait a second, there's different types of lemons. There's not just these couple. And it's this, it's this distraction from the truth. Because again, truth is a frequency. We start to vibrate on that truth and your bullshit meter gets totally tuned in and then you can see it because you're not living it. But it's like if you go to the store and you don't read the ingredients on your food and then you end up with this BHT preservative in your diet that prevents you from absorbing minerals and you wonder why you're not feeling well, but you're absorbing this BHT that's in bugles and ramen noodles and whatnot, you know, these the, the crappy couple noodles and what have you, you're not really honoring the truth with integrity. But if you go to the grocery store, you read your ingredients and maybe just live by the rules. If I can't read it, I don't want to ingest it. Or you know your dirty dozen, you start to learn about this. And 
by honoring the truth, you teach it to the kids and you lead by example and you teach them about GMOs. You teach them the simplicity in these certain things and what the seeds do and how the world really acts. People are so disconnected to everything that they think if they don't have toilet paper that it's the end of the world. Okay, I'm sorry. If you don't have toilet paper, you'll figure out another way to wipe. (laughs) Okay, but people are stocking up on TP and not frozen blueberries, you know? Oh, I bought 20, a 20 pound bag of frozen strawberries. That's how, that's when I was stocking up. <laughs> right. And I see people in line fighting over hand sanitizer. Okay. I, this woman was buying uh, multiple hand sanitizers at the pharmacy and the, the poor cashier, he says, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's only one item per customer. And she said, I'm buying it for other customers. There's other customers at my home. This is for a customer. This is for a customer. This is for a customer. And he just had this big look on his face, the cashier. And he goes, yeah, 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 yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because people are losing their shit. They're losing their humanity. And if that woman really knew what was good for her, she'd be at the farmer's market and not at the pharmacy, you know? Yeah. Elderberry instead of hand sanitizer. Yeah, exactly. And it's all about that frequency of truth. But again, when you're on the frequency, you can look from that outside perspective through that lens and see the charade. You know, it's literally an in concert theatrical dark comedy right before our eyes. And when we can snap out of it, as we are beings of frequency, of truth, of vibration, we elevate our vibration and literally it's contagious. Other people around us can start to snap out of it just by the way we carry ourselves. I mean, I've seen people at the grocery store so decked out and in fear that they don't want to come within six feet of you and they're living their lives like that. And I can feel it in my energy field by the way that they look at me with their face mask on that I don't have a face mask. Or really, they, they won't make eye contact a lot of the time too. It's just like... Well, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. I mean, sorry to cut in there. I'm I'm feeling it though. I'm, I'm feeling the, I'm feeling it in my field, my energetic field. Whenever I go too far into someone's social distancing bubble and they're like, Oh shit. I'm like, I'm obviously not sick. I'm obviously not symptomatic. I'm promised I'm not going to get you sick because I don't even think it's infectious, but I mean, I won't go into this. I referenced David Wolf though earlier and his research paper. The reason I want to emphasize that research paper, or you can listen to him talking on the Higher Side Chats podcast with Greg Carlwood, amazing breakdown of some of the things I attempted to touch on in terms of the holes in the narrative. Uh, He actually points out like five or six case studies of different outbreak locations like that cruise ship and things like that, and demonstrates how unlikely it is based on the what information we have from the scenarios that there was any kind of spread of infectious anything at all. And I'm going to link that article in the show notes. The main reason I like it so much, that research paper is because it's got like 25 cited medical journal articles from different countries and the U S including some that I think he had to like pay money to have them translated from Chinese. And that's, that's heroic work, man. That's heroic work for someone to be putting all that together because I can give it to you as a reference now. And it's not just what one guy is saying. You're not taking David Wolf's word for it. You're looking at the data that he's pulling out of all these different places that are theoretically following the scientific method, because that's a part of how you would get accepted into a, a 
medical journal writing. Either way, the the situations on the ground tell a very different story than the situation the media tells us. So just check out the show notes or find that episode of the Higher Side Chats. David Wolf is the guy, I think. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Let me look at my notes here. David um, Wolf. It's Crow. David Crow with an E. I'm sorry, everybody. It's an animal name. It's a cool animal. David Crow. TheInfectiousMyth.com. And he's also got research written on previous past pandemics like SARS and AIDS and putting a lot of dirt on the mainstream stories about those things as well. And about, yeah, like I said, the entire idea that we could be infecting each other. And honestly, on a that's only a materialistic idea that where that even makes sense. Because on the honest, whenever you understand things from a spiritual inner nature, you've got to, you've got to know this is all mental. This is literally the world is in our heads. Our heads are not a thing that's in the world. The world is in our heads. That is the truth. It's backwards compared to what you th- people think. Your head is not in the world. The world, including your idea of your head, is in your head, is in your mind. That's so important. And that means that basically nothing is coming at you from just the outside. Everything is coming at you from everything is emerging out of you from your core to the external. And I'm getting a little ranty again, but (laughs) it's a fun kind of rant. And man, you just put me on this vibe, Matt. It's really fun to talk to you. I feel like, I mean, this is what, this is what the power we have when we connect with another person. I mean, you guys, I'm sure have experienced this before where like I was dragging the last couple of days. I was having these thoughts like, man, I don't even have original things to say, man. I couldn't, I can't really do a podcast where I was doing a solo episode. I'd run out of, I was having trouble recording an outro for a previous episode. Cause I just felt like man, I could, I didn't really have a flow state coming on of talking, but connecting with you, connecting with people like you. And every time I do this show, it feels like all of a sudden this energy activates and this harmony, this resonance picks up and, it just comes out of me without even needing to think. I mean, I've done a lot of thinking about it before we started and that was the groundwork maybe, but I just got to say, thanks, man. You really helped me come out and be myself <laughs> on my own show, which is really fun. And uh, I want to talk about, I mean, I'm sure you might have other responses to all the huge mountain of word vomit I just did, but uh, I want to point out a few other of the things behind the curtain that are important. Um, And maybe for time's sake, I'll go through these things all at the same time. And then we can riff on them as a, instead of taking it one at a time, let's just riff on them all as like a collective uh, direction that things are going in with the, with the powers that should not be. First of all, the federal reserve, the federal reserve, as you may or may not know, is not a government institution. It has no government oversight, really. It's an independent type of corporation it creates its own rules about how it's going to create money for our economy and how, I mean, it's a huge amount of power. I don't need, I say more. And it was sort of, it sort of created itself. Interestingly enough, there's a lot of good uh, researchers on the conspiracy behind the creation of the federal reserve and why it was a terrible idea to move to a debt-based economy instead of something backed up by precious metals. But uh, they changed their capital rules. This is what I'm getting at, which means, Fiat currency, the rule forever was that the bank had to have 10% at least of what it was loaning out. It had to have a certain capital reserve before it could make a loan. And that number was 10%. I think possibly earlier on in the Fed, it might have been a higher number or it may have always been one-tenth. I don't know. 
for sure. Not the biggest expert, but I've looked at this many different times throughout my journey and things the Federal Reserve does usually have a big impact on society. And one of those impacts is the massive inflation that we're going to see from this change and the inflation that we've already seen since the Federal Reserve came into play. Like you should look at a chart of the buying power of a dollar over the course of uh, over the course of time since the 100 plus years, 107 years since the uh, Federal Reserve was created in 1913. And I think with all the clamor, now I'm going to get onto what I think. I think with all the clamor about this uh, economic meltdown and the dollar is a bully right now and all that, we could see the one world currency come out of this, a totally digitized one world currency. So there's that. The other two, I promise I'll go through a little faster. There's the Earn It Act, which is a bill going through Congress to end all online encryption under the, in my opinion, totally fake guise of preventing online child sex predators. So there's that. The end of online privacy completely. Goodbye. If they passed that. It's like the SOPA, CISPA. It's the, the bill to kill the Internet. It's back. It's been here before, but never were we in such a panic and tizzy when this type of bill was coming through the pipe. And the third one. H.R. 5717 or 5717, whatever you want to call it, introduced on January 30th, right before stuff started to really hit the fan. It's currently going through some subcommittee of congressional terrorism or whatever. (laughs) Basically, it will make all firearms owners into felons immediately until they go and follow the really stringent guidelines. One of the things I heard was that you have to take like a live fire test before you can get a firearm if this passes and you would uh, not be able to do that if you didn't already have a gun. So basically if you don't have a gun, you can't get a gun. You can't use someone else's gun. And to be frank about it, it's like a 1200 page bill. So it's hard to know exactly what all it has in it, but it's from what I've, the, the people I've, been checking into that have actually tried to parse through these type of bills like the earn it act and this hr 5717 this gun control bill is literally an encyclopedia of all of the shitty ideas of of gun control and like second amendment destroying bills that they ever tried to pass before they just rolled it into one and i think the earn it act might be basically the same thing for the internet but maybe not quite the corporatizing of the internet that sopa was and more just like the ending of encryption and the policing, the um, surveillance enabling that that will do. It's it's going to be wild because just I said, I promised I wasn't going to go on about this. So this is the last thing I'll say. <laughs> Sorry, but just just dig this scenario. I know you said you didn't want to, you know, play cards that hadn't been dealt yet, play off cards that hadn't been dealt yet. But just imagine a future where there's a quarantine like this happening for some similar reason. Ten years from now, five hell, two years from now. And because they've passed this Earn It Act ending encryption and allowing a lot more surveillance over our devices and our presence online, now the police can come to you. I mean, they're probably already doing this for all I know, but now the police could come to your house and and uh, be like, there's more than 10 people in this room because the 10 cell phones are interacting with each other. And you have to have a cell phone because of whatever real ID that gets passed and it's part of your cell phone or something. And now they, they're, it's Orwellian. I mean... Do I really need to say more? I, mean, I, I, I don't think so. I'm sure you have stuff to say, but this is as Orwellian as it gets. Well, the writing's on the wall. I wouldn't discredit any of that. I'm looking at New Zealand and the lockdown, stage four lockdown. They've entered a stage four lockdown 
where they must stay at home now. They can't leave the house and the police can come into your home if they think that you've had a gathering of people over their limit of whatever, five or 10 or whatever they say it is the next day. But yeah, here we are. And I don't doubt that this is a weird push. If you look at the AI capabilities in China, all right, they've got social credit scores, social crediting systems. They've got a thermometer on every street corner, what have you, facial recognition and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, we could easily push in a social credit system after all this is said and done. People will love it because they want people to play by the rules. Otherwise, they're a threat to their own health, they'll think. And then a thermometer with every AI device on every street corner, people will love that to happen so that they can, you know, isolate the people that have the fever or whatnot and what have you. Um, you went over a lot there for sure. The the Federal Reserve, totally evil. And the, the amount of debt that we're in and this displacement of our free will and whatnot. I mean, all of it coming down to a digital global currency this is a dystopian potential future that I can't help but theorize. But really, back up to back up to back up. You mentioned the cruise ship that had all the uh, coronavirus patients on it and whatnot. And the first time that the theory was going around... Now, mind you, if you're behind the scenes and you're in charge of all this, you would flood the internet with disinformation propaganda to confuse everyone to basically get away with what you're doing because hidden in all of that would be, you know, your evil deeds and what have you. But when I first heard of the cruise ship and the Wuhan 5G related 5G created the virus, I someone sent me a video and I flipped it on and this person who I had gained to not trust over the time because I'd like to see through the disinfo. I mean, a lot of people love Alex Jones and what have you, but he's a puppet. Sorry. There's other people out there that I've realized are puppets through asking my gut and really trusting my intuition and whatnot. And this person was on the screen with a viral response, viral following. And they said, obviously, the cruise ship must have had 5G too, because look at this. And these assumptions that people just take as fact because some talking head is saying they, they really insult my soul. My soul is insulted to almost a point of a gag reflex that I just don't even have to watch the whole video that my intuition is so on point. But I think it's because I've looked so many people in the eyes over the years, passing out flyers and making it easy on myself by just approaching people who already know about chemtrails and handing them the flyer and saying, hey, bro or sister, I made a film about chemtrails. Please check it out. And they're like, whoa, how'd you know I knew about chemtrails? Because I looked in your eyes and I saw your soul. But either way, the people out there that are being manipulated by the propaganda, by the misinformation, disinformation, I really hope that they can see through the muddy waters and really get out of it that there is this play happening. If you watch my film, Frankenskies, at the end of the movie, there's this news clip, a child's happiness is priceless on its birthday. And every local media outlet is saying it as if it's this fresh report that one of their reporters came up with. A child's happiness is priceless on his birthday. They are all handed a script. They're all told to say the same thing. And what they're doing right now with the constant repetition and the constant fear-mongering are building these pathways in your brain, these mental pathways, to basically associate everything with fear. You see a child, fear. 
You see an elderly person, fear. You turn on the TV, fear. You to open your smartphone, you're scared of the next news article. And definitely you're not going to come together in a group and rally together to talk about truth or go to a protest or a sporting event or anything like that because you're afraid of the other red-blooded human being that's just your friend, your neighbor. And by imposing this frequency on yourself and on your surroundings, you're creating a weird dystopian future that you don't necessarily want to be a part of. So I really can't help but hit it home and just say, like, honor that truth. You've got a lot of time to yourself right now and with your family and stuff. You can honor the truth by realizing we're beings of frequency. Get yourself a book or do a little study that you haven't done before. Learn about the works of Masuru Emoto, talking about frequency. Learn about Nikola Tesla and his talks of frequency. Learn about Royal Raymond Reif. R-I-F-E, Reif, and his work on frequency. Wilhelm Reich. I want to throw Wilhelm Reich Oh, love it, brother. And Wilhelm Reich's touched upon in the film Frankenskies as well. Dude, you're sitting at home. Please watch Frankenskies, the movie. If you know about chemtrails or you don't know about chemtrails or you think you know everything about it, whatever, it's a great film for anybody, please. It's a historical, chronological timeline that goes from 1922 to 2017, talking about geoengineering, chemtrails, weather modification history. And if you can see the lies in our skies exposed, then real lies can realize the real lies. Real eyes, real lies, real lies, and real skies. But it's up to us to know that we can see the truth to see that there is the truth and the lies right there in front of our face. Hallelujah, brother. (laughs) No, seriously. Uh, Like, you really get me going there. Uh, I want to say first, Bill Hicks is Alex Jones. I mean, Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. That's a fun one. Go check that out because it's like, it's pretty damning. Uh, it's These people are actors. A lot of these people, uh, they're actors and it's theater. And there's a whole, that's a whole another subject that we don't need to necessarily hop on. But what you're talking about, changing the neural path, pathways in people's neuro neurology through this fear program that they're constantly absorbing. It is cutting a rut in their consciousness. It's like cutting, dividing it up, compartmentalizing them against themselves and against other parts of themselves, against nature, against their loved ones, against people who are supposedly strangers, but contain the same spark of the infinite as you do. That spark of the infinite is like, it's like a request line to God. If you want to give it a metaphor, it's like, you have the ability to, from the inner world, project the outer world. But if you don't know that you're constantly doing that, you can have that process hijacked by something else. And if enough people are hijacked like that, it creates the it creates that world that's been ingrained. It's it's just like I was talking about the as above, so below the the patterns within that create the bigger patterns without. So we have to. Be mindful of that. I want to talk about the Diamond Cruise ship. Since you brought it up, let's go ahead and say that on that ship, after a person with symptoms tested positive, passengers were confined to their quarters, sometimes with someone who ended up testing positive too. So they were confined for a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but the crew still went from cabin to cabin to give meals to the confined passengers. So you'd think that if this was an infectious disease, then it had to have spread. I mean, they're all stuck on the same boat. They're all breathing the same air, even if they're not in the same room. And some people are going from room to room yet, yet at the end of it all, 
only 16% tested positive and half of the crew's people had had no symptoms at any time, meaning that 92% of the people trapped on the cruise ship with a supposed deadly infectious disease had no experience of, sorry, I, I said that wrong. Only half of the 16% had symptoms, not half of the people on the boat. I said that wrong. 92% of the people that were trapped on the cruise ship with a supposedly deadly infectious disease had no symptoms at all. So how infectious is it really? And I mean, this is not a good environment even to be trapped in for a long time. Probably you're stuck in a cabin, not getting a lot of sunlight. You're breathing shitty air, probably getting Lysol clouded all the time. Like, and that yet they still didn't get sick. So that's just one of the cases that this wolf, uh, David Crow, <laughs> in my notes, I was calling him Wolf. That's why I was so mixed up. David Crow talked about this in his article, and he got he's got a lot more situations. The the Illinois situation that came up, but I you brought up Frankenskies, and it's really important that we emphasize that that is a good gateway to a lot of to, to being able to see the larger pattern that's going on. And I wanted to ask you this from the beginning, and I just we're just now getting to it. And again, let me know if you need to go soon. The agenda that is so laid out in Frankenskies. You made a really strong case that a lot of the technocratic takeover and the surveillance state and the new world order measures were going to be probably done to us as a result of people's climate change alarmism and the climate chains as, as it were. I believe you're working on a follow-up that was going to go in that direction, but do you think that this situation is like uh, another it's a faint where they got people like you who actually cared they left the breadcrumbs for them so that you know they're saying this stuff out loud if you're looking for it so that we would be associating climate change with the new world order takeover and then they pull the rug out from under you and do the exact same measures in rapid fire because of a virus outbreak instead of climate change was it what do you think? I mean, was climate change just not scaring people fast enough? Or do you think this was always a plan to like do a, a faint type maneuver and fake us out so that it, again, it discredits people. That's it's all at once. It's all at once. And I believe that it's multiple agendas coinciding all together, you know, all, all in fear, all in conjunction to take away our freedoms and, and hijack our timeline away from our tr our true timeline, which is you know utopia and spiritual awakening and ascension. The global warming uh, climate change agenda is still on the table. We'll have our skies geoengineered behind closed doors when we're told we can't go outside. But first, to control the population and frequency, and to have the majority stuck, then you can. To tell them and do to them whatever they so desire. Bill Gates, when he left his position at Microsoft, he said he's doing two things. He's fighting climate change and he's, you know, he's bringing vaccines to the world. So I don't want to see this world clamor together for a vaccination to the COVID-19. I think that'll get a little weird and dystopian. And I hope that enough people can see through the lies and really resonate to their highest vibration where they can I mean, there's so many holes in a lot of it, but once you start to see the lies, then you can see the truth a lot easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was talking about before. It's apotheosis. It's discovering the truth by ruling out everything that it's not. And mystery school traditions maintained forever that that was actually the only way to even find the truth. You couldn't find it any other way. It's another, another way of saying it is that our rights themselves are 
our rights are everything that they are. Our rights are infinite. It's everything that we can do except for the things that violate the another person's ability to do anything, if that makes sense. So that's where the boundary is. If you're wanting to do something that takes away the freedoms of another person in any way or takes something away from that person unjustly, that is a violation of your rights. You're outside of your rights. Everything else is our right. It's not, it's, it's just like that. I mean, we can't give the right to do anything to any person or any group of people that we don't ourselves inherently have. And so on his face, natural law rules out government entirely, at least the kind of government we have, which is mind control. It's not the same as governance. Government is not the same as harmony or social cohesion or teamwork or positive aspects of collective action. It, it <laughs> collectivism itself is and conformity itself is a big is pretty much like a symptom or even itself a cause possibly of the uh the catastrophes we face i mean it is a lack of being yourself being an individual thinking for yourself it's a big deal so anyway we've done a lot of pontificating in this episode so far i think it's been great i hope everyone else has been into it but i wanted to get one last shot in on uh with the 5g guy here one one last probably big possibly too big question but where's 5g roll out during all this and have you seen this the uh information going around that there are like tech guys at elementary schools around the country installing mysterious equipment i've seen a few videos of this actually happening one of the videos i sent you it had there's a guy that drove by an elementary school that his child went to. He saw plainclothes cops and cop vehicles and telecom trucks parked outside the school and they were moving equipment in. And he stopped and got out of his car and was recording the situation. He uh, asked the officer some questions. Are you installing 5G? What are you doing here? The officer crossed his arms, got really hostile, even threatening. And uh, it, was, it was just really weird. I, I posted it to like my Instagram story or something, but... My my question for you is, have you heard of any 5G rollout stuff? And is there anything you want to leave us with about 5G? And specifically, you should probably talk about Spiro because we've barely touched on it. Um, yeah, well, I see the 5G agenda as picking up speed and the virus is not going to get in the way. If anything, it's going to put us behind closed doors while it's rolled out without any objection and, or anything like that. I see 5G working in concert with the AI rollout, which will monitor our real IDs and, and dictate, I mean, dictate our social currency score and monitor if we have a fever and whatnot. So we need all that in place to be able to have this AI grid that people are going to be begging for by the end of this. Um, in terms of, uh, are they going to schools and putting it in, in this, like, everyone's hiding, let's do it right now. I believe they're probably just doing what they were doing anyways. And that's another fear mechanism. Anything that I watch online that puts me in fear, I question. That particular, I bet they're doing it. Yeah. Are they doing it more than they would have been? I don't know. They were rolling that stuff out pretty hardcore anyways. Do you know what I mean? So people are in this space of fear and then it's something scary is even more exaggerated and then pushed even harder because, you know, you've got a camera on your phone that's monitoring your 
frequency and what have you. And anything that can push you further into fear is going to go viral. I mean, I do a hope inspirational, you know, rant on Facebook and like five people see it. But if I tell them doom and gloom and we're all screwed, it's going to go viral. You know, there's something to be said for just that. Um, But yeah, the 5G is coming. And it's unfortunate that we're now in our homes and we can't really go to our city hall and at least discuss the potential impacts and what we're dealing with and what have you. And what I've done is create a company to try to mitigate the harms of this dystopian reality. For anybody who's out there, I like to uh, uh, promote the disinformation, propaganda, uh, social engineering, uh, conditioning films. I'm a film major, you know, I made Frankenstein's documentary, but I really do like to watch films that I believe are predictive programming to kind of see what's going on. And again, watch it through that correct lens where I'm not brainwashed, but I see how we're being brainwashed through this predictive engineering, predictive programming, social engineering, complex, you know, decades out agenda. And there's a 1990 film by the name of A Handmaid's, a Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaiden's Tale, Handmaid's Tale. And The Handmaiden's Tale, it's a must-see. You've got to watch it, Chance. I'm going to send it to you. and Or or if you don't have it, I'll send you a DVD. Or if you can't, BitTorrent or whatever. But I'm going to create this actual activist packet, like I said. And in there will be Behold a Pale Horse, William Cooper, some Dr. Sebi stuff, you know, Wilhelm Reich, like you said, the 1984, and this 1990 film as well. Handmaid's Tale. In The Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale, the only currency in this dystopian future in the United States is fertility. Because all of a sudden, nobody can have kids and there's only a few fertile women left. And the U.S. flag is half U.S. flag, half Illuminati triangle with a big black eye on it, a black Illuminati triangle with an eye. And they've gone totally evangelical. They put up a crazy wall and people can't get out of the United States. And it's in 1990. And I believe that 5G is an agenda on the next, it's an attack on the next generation. If you study the one millimeter size wave and see what it does to developing embryos, you see that maybe people will be born in this environment that are able, that aren't miscarriages. There will be people born in this environment. But the absorbing of a millimeter size wave when you're developing as a fetus and as a baby, our reproductive organs will be compromised and there will be a generation of people who are infertile. It'll lead to further disruption and chaos and what have you. And the only thing that I can think aside from education, truth, empowerment through knowledge is a protective mechanism, which is the Sparrow Protective Clothing, S-P-E-R-O protectiveclothing.com or sparrowprotectionclothing.com or sparrowapparel.com. It all goes to the same site. And on there, I've made... Um, maternity aprons for pregnancy, also hats. Soon I'll have shirts and baby blankets. I've also got these cell phone pouches, but everything's lined with this antimicrobial, antiviral, anti-EMF radiation, silver lining. Because wherever there's hope, there's always a silver lining. And Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, is actually a Latin word. Um, In Latin, it means hope. In Italian, it means I hope. Because I think hope is the most important thing we need to bring to the next generation to flip all this fear on its head. Because again, we live in polarity and it's, there's an amazing opportunity to be the hope and to shine that light in the face of all this adversity. Boom, man, you nailed it. Awesome. And the hope that comes from within, the hope that is because we trust ourselves to do the right thing. 
That's the real hope we need, not the hopium of the masses, the hopium of the QAnon, the hopium that the white hats are going to come save us. So, you know, there's a difference between real hope that is it's legitimate because you know you can trust yourself. So that means that you can be sure that the right thing will happen because the right you're there to do the right thing versus the hopium, which is a, an addictive drug where you believe that someone else is going to come clean up your mess for you. Please, daddy, fix it. You know, that's that's the real place to leave it. That's a real good place to leave it. I think, I mean, we're, we're definitely over the two hour mark, but there's more we could say, but this has been amazing, Matt. And make sure that if you have anything else that you want to wrap up in this conversation, take, take all the time you want and let people know all the places that they can find you once again and how you'd like to, you know, how you'd like to connect. Well, um, firstly, there there will be a good amount of listeners for this, especially because you have the two hours and I'll share it on my YouTube too. Please people support chance. Chance is an amazing truther and okay. We need support. Even if it's a little bit from everyone, even if you're just reaching out saying, Hey, this is my skill. How can I help? You know, people need help from graphic designers, from people who can knit a nice blanket for, you know, for truth, right? So play your part and do what you can and support the people who are trying their best to honor the truth with integrity. While you're at it, please check out my movie, frankenskiesthemovie.com. If you want to do a local screening or you want some Frankenskies movie flyers or even a DVD, reach out to me, frankenskies at gmail.com. I'm happy to show my support any way that I can. It's the truth. I honor it so much. I'll do whatever I can to get it out there, especially into your community, even into your living room while we're crammed in our houses right now with our friends and family and peers who may not be awake to these certain topics. Check out the website, please, actualactivists.com. We talk about fluoride, GMO, all sorts of amazing things on there. And I guarantee if you go to actualactivists.com and start scrolling, you will learn something. Guarantee it. Also, of course, sparrowprotectionclothing.com. And check me out on Facebook. Check out Chance on Facebook. Please honor the truth. Don't let these lies insult you. And again, with the truth, you can lead a horse to water, but you don't have to beat a dead horse. You don't have to be too aggressive. You can just plant those seeds and let the universe play it out, all right? There's fertile land all out there, and all you have to do is drop those seeds of truth and leave it to the elements, all right? You don't have to do it all. Just do a little bit. And if everyone does a little bit, we can create a future that won't that will be, you know, what we want to, where we want to be, what we want to live in, because it's up to us right now, because I firmly believe our timeline is being kind of hijacked and we can steer it towards our just true evolutionary timeline. It's just knowing the truth and embracing it and being empowered by it and living it. You know, that's the way you do it. And please, if you're not doing a garden or anything, try it out, learn by doing do what you can because it's up to us to kind of like be anarchists in our own little way and bless everyone. Thank you. And please, please, please reach out to your neighbor in these times of need, even if you don't know them and just extend a helping hand because you never know how much people could really use that humanity in this time. Well said, man. Very well said. And wow, this has been a blast. It felt like less time than it really was. We, we cranked through, a lot of material there. <laughs> and I had something clever to add to all the 
brilliance that you just put out there, but uh, it's a, uh, it's feeling, I'm feeling it in my gut that I think we're at the, the wrap up time. Oh no, wait, it just popped back in my head. This is important. We got to also shout out to your homie that lets you borrow the cell phone to do a hotspot uh, <laughs> for this episode. Thank you to that homie because you know, uh, we, it's often hard to go a couple hours without needing our phone. And he, he made a great personal sacrifice so that this podcast could come to you guys. Anonymous unsung hero. Thanks to that guy. This even happened. <laughs> and I'm, I love I'm glad it, it yeah. did. This, this went awesome, man, man. Uh, this was really fun. Thank you. Thank you chance until next time. So you're feeling it yet. <laughs> I don't mean feeling symptomatic of the coronavirus, but I mean, are you feeling fired up at all? Because after that conversation, I was definitely fired up. Well, during it, you probably could tell. That might be just about the most I've talked in an episode, maybe ever. Well, for a while at least. And and it's not because Matt didn't have good things to say. It's just because we were really riffing off of each other, harmonizing with each other. I'm sure you could tell. Matt's a really great guy. I'm lucky and grateful to call him my friend ever since connecting with him over this podcast. And he's really reachable. You know, he did mention that he gets a lot of messages from people because he has a large Facebook following, but I'm pretty sure that he'll take the time to address you back if you talk to him. And maybe you could ask him for some Frankenskies DVDs or some flyers or advice on what you can do to help spread truth and be an activist in your community. But really, the answer to that is going to come from you. You're going to know, at least to some degree, what you could be doing about this situation or about any of the myriad of crisis level problems that our world is facing currently that aren't getting front of the page news coverage the way that this virus thing is. Now, I do hope you guys check the show notes and I do hope I did a good enough job bringing up the important questions about the official data, how they get their numbers, how these stats are coming at us and what actually are they saying? <laughs> when you look at the research papers, what constitutes proving and isolating and purifying a viral strain and being positive that that's the thing that's making somebody sick? Like Matt said, the common cold has been called coronavirus for a long time. It's one of the many RNA things that they think might be a viral situation that is causing infectious spread of disease. But if you really look deeply into it, we don't know that for sure. That actually could be RNA that the body makes as a response to something going wrong. I mean, there's literally no proof that it's not that. Even if they're getting some of these strains from looking at animal tissue samples, well, animals and humans share a lot of DNA. It seems reasonable that they would share certain kinds of RNA. And please don't take what I'm saying right now as like that I think that I'm an expert, although worshiping experts is a big part of why we're in the mess we're in right now. Of course, I'm not an expert. Of course, I might have got something wrong or described something incorrectly. It's not for me to be the person that tells you the truth and you just take me word for word. You know, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> Hopefully we covered that idea as well in this conversation that you've got to be the one. You've got to be the one that looks deeper into this and decides whether or not you're going to be scared of it and spread the fear meme or be the one that's going to start helping people have real hope, not hopium. <laughs> 
And so if you check the show notes, you'll see a link to the David Crow research paper, The Coronavirus Panic. That's really good. I mean, there's tons of cited sources and a bibliography of those sources. I think he even had to like pay to have some of the Chinese medical studies translated and it's technical jargon. It's not as easy to get that translated as it would be just a regular, like, I don't know, conversational Chinese into English. So check out David Crow if you don't want to read through the 20 page research paper that honestly wouldn't take you that long to read and makes all the important points in a beautiful and succinct order. You can listen to him talking to Greg Carlwood on the Higher Side Chats in a really great episode of that show, which I linked in the notes. I think this might be the most I've ever filled and crammed an episode with notes before or links, especially. So many links. I hope some of you check out some of the links that I put in the show notes, because otherwise I put a lot of time into that for no reason. But it makes me feel like I'm doing my job correctly if I do cite where I'm getting information or at least point you to where you can find more information about something. So there's a couple of things I want to address while we're in the outro. I know this has been a crazy long episode already, but (laughs) if you're still with me, then I trust that, you know, you're here to listen and expand your mind with whatever ideas might be coming out of mine. First of all, let's talk about all the celebrity and music stars coming down with coronavirus. I think that's fishy, man. I'm not saying that some celebrities or some musicians aren't getting sick, but the ones that seem like they're legitimately provably sick are like old people. (laughs) No offense to older people. It's just obvious that you can get sick if you have pre-existing health conditions or And if you're elderly, you know, you've got a higher likelihood of having those pre-existing health conditions. And even if they're testing positive for coronavirus, as I hopefully established, and definitely the research paper by David Crow does establish, this test that they use doesn't prove that there's a coronavirus that's infectious and causing all this mayhem. So be suspicious, especially of the type of celebrities that are so unbelievably mega viral famous and have been for a long time that they've got to have scratched somebody's back higher up the uh, the shadowy ladder, if you will, just to get into that position. And who knows what kind of agreements you got to make. You got to just be an actor all the time, probably not just on the movie screen. I'm thinking about specifically like maybe the Tom Hanks has coronavirus thing, or I saw a country music star that was an older guy that is in the hospital and he's intubated. I can't ever say that word intubated where they shove the tube down your throat. But there's one thing that if you really need evidence that somebody out there, at least somebody out there is willing to lie just to spread a panic. Unless it's just some huge mistake in an oversight, which seems amazingly unlikely. You know, if the media is supposed to be fact checking themselves, I linked this at the very end of the notes, but a man from Pasco, Florida, surprised to see the state of Florida announced his death from coronavirus while he's very much still alive. And he's feeling 90% better, the article says. So that's great news. Man, I mean, do we need it to be any more obvious in our face? I've seen so many, like, especially from Australia and other countries and England, so many like newscasters and reporters from their mainstream outlets saying stuff like, Many Americans or many people around the world facing a new world order as they are experiencing these, the lockdown and the quarantine. It's all right there. I mean, 
I'm not making this type of content to make people more afraid. Hopefully it's to make people less afraid. But we should be really aware of what's happening on the big picture. This totalitarian tiptoe, slow boiling of the frog so it won't jump out. Destruction of our freedoms, deleting our rights right out of our right out of existence. <laughs> it's it's been going on for a long time. And now this seems like the dial is really ramping up. And I tend to agree with what Matt's saying about the highlight, the hijacking of our timeline, because I think right now the timeline that we are really on and truly moving towards is a huge evolutionary level shift in the consciousness of humanity. And that starts with your consciousness and you're the center of that shift. It very well might be that you won't actually see the correct timeline that humanity is supposed to be on in your subjective singular reality tunnel. If you don't make that shift yourself, maybe some of us will end up in a future where we're enslaved and some of us will end up in a future where we're more free than we've ever known. Could be. I mean, maybe that's how parallel universes work. I don't know. I'm not saying for sure, but maybe each of us is our own parallel universe. So we can go wherever it is that we choose to go and the world will follow us because I really think and I think we've demonstrated it really well, especially with the last episode with Anthony Gilbert. That life flows from the inside out, like from inside of us. And then the world is created out of that. We're not created by the world. If we let ourselves be created by the world, that's when we get the lessons of tyranny and the lessons of f bad authority, you know, institutionalized control systems, mind control. And we did bring up this idea of some of the frequency war going on right now being a a quick step towards the infertility, creating infertility in human beings. And that, you know, that makes a lot of sense if the goal is to make everyone conform into these perfect slave robots. One of the biggest symbolic connections we have to source and to the creative force that's behind everything that moves and everything that exists is our ability to procreate, of course. Because if you're making a human being, you're creating a portal for an infinite being to enter this world and has a lot of agency and power once it gets here. It could create anything. Anything could happen, especially if they create their own universe and spin off a parallel universe that's centered around them. For all we know, that happens. Anyway, there's also an update on the Federal Reserve situation. I mentioned that they lifted their rules that lifted their own rules, mind you, because they make their own rules and they no longer have to have any reserve capital before they make loans. So that just is going to dial up the level of inflation probably all the way to 11 and beyond. The new news on that subject is that on 325, the United States Senate voted unanimously. That's amazing. Unanimous. That's always a good sign to pass a stimulus bill that will allow the Federal Reserve to conduct meetings in secret with no freedom of information requests allowed. And it gives them a four hundred and fifty four billion dollar slush fund for Wall Street bailouts starting to sound a lot like fascism to me, because if the government is bailing out these corporations and Wall Street left and right and now looks like bailing out the American people with stimulus checks. Well, even if it's not a direct like, I don't know, stock level share in companies that they get to have a say in what those companies do, they kind of do already start to act like they have a say in what those companies do. 
There was a thing about Trump forcing GM to make ventilators. We talked about that. And just all around, I mean, if you create a dependency on this big institution and their stimulus, then that is a level of control. I mean, we're just moving towards more and more centralized control of everything. And we should definitely be wary of that. (laughs) Speaking of bailouts and funding, I will have to bring up Interverse Plus right here. You may have noticed you got a super long super show out of me today. If you're on the free feed, normally our episodes are only an hour for free people. And the second hour goes out to supporters on Patreon, which is the only way that this podcast actually does generate any income. But trust me, there's definitely not enough plus members that I'm making a living off of this. Not that I'm not grateful to the plus members I have. I'm really grateful to them. But I hope it's obvious this show and this podcast isn't about making money off you or trying to make money off you. Yes, I do need your support. I mean, I work really hard on this. This isn't to try to like sound braggy or whatever, but let's just take this weekend as an example. It's probably one of the hardest I've ever worked on the show over a weekend uh, without any, well, not without any, but not a lot of breaks. I did the publishing legwork for the recent Anthony Gilbert episode and recorded this show with Matt on Friday after spending a ton of time researching and preparing beforehand. I edited a bunch of this episode on Saturday and today, which is Sunday. It's Sunday right now as I'm speaking, the 29th. And today I recorded an entire episode of the show with Heather Elizabeth, which will be coming out next week sometime. And I'm finishing and wrapping up the editing and production on this Matt Landman episode right now. So that took a lot of time. I don't know how much I don't add it up, but I could have been outside enjoying this glorious springtime, riding my bike or just plain chilling out. Honestly, this feels like the most important and exciting thing for me to be doing, so I don't completely mind going all out on it over the past few days. I enjoy it. It's what I'm here to do. But just think about how much more I might be able to prepare and share and research and also just not have to do other kinds of work because I have to do another job or two to, oh yeah, Friday. I didn't even mention on Friday just to make some extra money, I helped some people move. I didn't know them. They were just offering money to help move and someone I knew was doing that job and needed a big strong burly man like me to help him out. So this isn't like tooting my own horn or maybe it is whatever. I am proud of myself. I've done a lot over the last few days and that's great. I should feel good about my accomplishments, but I spent a long time on Friday helping some people move before I even interviewed Matt. So let's just keep that in mind that I need your support. I mean, I think I even deserve it. It's just a matter of if it's worth it to you, five bucks a month. I know times can be tough depending on if you've lost your job right now. And that's cool. I understand that. And if you never support me, I'm not going to like dislike you or not love you or disown you as a human being. Just got to make sure that you guys know that there is a way to reciprocate what I do back to me and you get something out of it. There's like a hundred episodes in the archive for plus members that have the second hour extension. And typically things do get a little more esoteric and cool in the uh, second hour because we're more warmed up, of course. Not that I'm trying to keep the secret mysteries of the universe and hide them behind a paywall. I'll admit I don't have those secret mysteries completely figured out. I think it's better to just love the mystery and keep asking questions. And there's always going to be interesting things that come up. There's always going to be a cool plus extension. 
Except in this case where there's no plus extension because the whole episode is there for you. And yeah, I thought this was important enough information. And our way of just talking about it was not exactly the most linear way that it definitely deserved to just go out to everybody. I hope that not too many people got turned off by the very fact that we're questioning the narrative. Uh, Like I said, obviously, if you're still listening right now, then you're with me, which is awesome. And I appreciate that. But I hope people aren't too afraid to share this episode. I mean, I don't know how much the show gets shared organically from person to person outside of the people that I'm connected to anyway. But I would really like it if this was one that I know it's not going to go viral because what goes viral is pretty controlled. But man, if you know at least one person who's open to questioning this narrative, maybe show them this podcast. I would appreciate it. I want to get as many people back in their right minds as possible or people who are already in their right minds, arm them with the information and the resources that they might be able to reach out and connect the dots for someone else who's open minded enough and ready to clean the BS off of them, (laughs) the belief systems, the bad belief systems. The BS is getting pretty stinky right now, for sure, especially through the media, especially through the social media. I've got people I really love and care about that I'm witnessing, like nonstop sharing coronavirus updates, coronavirus news. This person's got it. This celebrity's got it. This statistic is terrible. It's so bad. It's I, 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 oh my God. You know, let's be the love, not the fear. Sometimes that love has to be tough and stand up to bullies. And even when you face the possibility of becoming a pariah for speaking the truth, you still got to speak it. That's the great work. Now more than ever, this is the time. This is the time we've been preparing for. This is the time we've been training ourselves for by studying these metaphysical topics, dispelling the materialism myth for ourselves. And now more than ever, we need you. We need you to do it. We need you to make the podcast you've been thinking about making. We need you to write the book. We need you to share the research. We need you to paint the picture. And whatever way that you're here to paint a picture, whatever your form of creativity is, we need you to do the magic, ceremonial magic, whatever kind of magic. Do your magic. That's what's important. And I got to admit, it feels really surreal to just be sitting here giving that advice for the millionth time. I, I hope that I've always been a person that's encouraged imagination and creativity in the audience and in people in my life. but. Man, this is just a weird moment in time. Uh, It's real. This is really happening. There really is a lockdown. People are really afraid to leave their homes. People can't go to the restaurant they like to go to. And while at the moment, a lot of the freedoms that we're lacking are superficial and easily in a lot of people's minds, justifiable to give up for the sake of protecting others. And I get that because I want to protect others. I wouldn't want to spread an infectious disease or virus if I thought it was real. But where where are we going from here? Where are we going from here? It's up to you. Find your helms deep, as Gordon White said. Find and create the life for yourself that will be the place you can go, even if there's no more money. The place where And the people with that you can survive and not just survive, but actually thrive. 
actually live up to our evolutionary, ancestral, cosmic, infinite potential as powerful, powerful human co-creators. So thank you, Matt Landman, for inspiring me, really inspiring me a lot. I was kind of on a low point uh, as far as my faith in myself that I could even like come on a mic and do something more than read a couple prepared notes or whatever. But here I am 20 minutes into this outro and clearly I still got some gas in the tank, some wind in the sails. So I'm going to use that and take that energy, finish producing this episode, get it out to you guys as quickly as possible. Keep in mind, if you're a plus member on Patreon, you'll see this episode and every episode, hopefully, unless I just take so long making it that I want to release it at the same time. But generally, I put it out at least a day or two early, early access. That's what I was trying to tell you. Early access for patrons. That's kind of a cool perk. Superficial. Yeah. But if you can think of some better ways that I can reward you guys for your patronage that actually works for me. I'd love to hear it, but for now, I think a two-hour episode, a second-hour extension is a great deal for five bucks a month, and even though I already implored you a lot to sign up, please do if you can. I'd love it, and then it gives me a way to like kind of know who you are, send you a message through Patreon. Thank you for signing up. We can connect, and I want to hear from you guys. I don't always do the best job of reaching out to the people, so to speak. And by don't always do the best job, I mean, I kind of go into hermit mode and just make the thing and put it out there. But if you guys talk to me, I'll respond in the best time that I can. And I'll be grateful to be hearing from you. Because I want to know where you are. (laughs) I want to know everything you're doing. And I want to have all your financial records. And I want to, oh, wait, no, that's not me. That's what the government wants. (laughs) I just want to be your friend. And I want to be there for you to hopefully inspire you the way that people like Matt Landman inspire me to be the change, be an actual activist. Go check out Matt's movie, frankenskiesthemovie.com. Excellent, excellent movie. You may have already checked it out because Matt came on six months ago to talk about it. So go check out the episode with Matt from six months ago if you haven't heard that. It might be a little creepy just how many of the things that we talked about in that episode six months ago now seem a lot closer than they did before. I don't know. I haven't gone back and replayed it, so I couldn't tell you for sure if we were like a little predictive there. But in general, I can tell you Matt's been on the trail of the truth for a long time. Excellent human being. Much love to my brother, Matt Landman. Much, much love. Much love to you as well. And before I go, our good friend Lucid, a.k.a. Dean McDonald, he's been on the show a few months back. Excellent musician, incredible music producer. He just put out the Graveyard Shift EP. I'll link that at the bottom of the notes as well. I'm going to play one of the tracks off of that. Resurrect. (laughs) It's a kind of zombie themed, oddly, weirdly appropriate. I don't know if he planned it that way for the whole viral outbreak scare phenomenon, but really cool stuff. Oh, yeah, this track is called Zombish, and it is a collaboration with Philo. I guess that's the rapper. Anyway, definitely check out Lucid. Excellent music right there. And that's it. One of the longest shows that we've done in quite a long time. And I think it was definitely the right one to go all out on. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys are getting some good sunshine, even despite the quarantine. 
government still says we can go outside, right? So until they take that away, definitely. Well, even if they said they're taking that away, definitely got to get that vitamin D, get outside. I love you guys. I'm out of here. Can't wait to get next week's episode to you too. I already said this with Heather Elizabeth talking about the galactic Mayan calendar, the 13 moon dream spell again. And it was a really fun one. So stay tuned and I'll speak to you soon. Be good, be yourself and bye bye.